Me, I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Welcome everybody to the Potaskew Podcast. I am CJ and with me as always is my hetero life mate Rico. How you doing man? I'm good. I'm I'm a little, I'm a little groggy. You? I was up very late last night. Fucking time you sack of shit. Why'd you throw a curveball on me? Yeah plus we attempted to watch a movie which was a bad idea from my perspective but we'll get into that in a minute. Um, movie though. Yeah it was a good movie and we're definitely going to talk about it but um, I also know I saw a a uh, superhero movie this weekend, and I know you saw a much better superhero movie this weekend. So well, uh, that, that's debatable. Well, I think it's still probably better than the one I saw. So yeah, and as per fucking usual, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Yeah, we're gonna spoil the crap out of this one because honestly, I don't think I'm gonna get a chance to see it before the more important one that's coming. So we'll explain all that in a little bit. Um. God, there's a lot to get into before we get to our topic. We also have several celebrity deaths we need to get into, and um, yeah, I think I think that's going to cover it once we get through all that. So I don't know where we should start, Rico. Where do you, should we start with? The- I mean, we can start from we can work our way from the least from the most depressing to the least depressing. So we'll right. work our way up. All right. So the movie I saw then. Um- <laughs> that's fucked up. <laughs> uh- so no, no um, let's, yeah, let's no, I know our, it, I, our, I knew what it, you really meant. Him. Yeah, I knew what you really meant. I just couldn't not do that. Um, <laughs> so uh, we're only going to talk about um, three or four of the people in depth, but on the fourth of March, we lost three pretty big names in entertainment. Now I know Rico, you don't. You said you're not as familiar with some of these people as I am. But. You might have to remind me of them as as we talk about them, but okay. I, I mean, I think I recognize one of them. Uh, but I, I mean, I is do I, am I supposed to feel bad if if like I'm like I don't know who the fuck that is, but sorry they did. No, I mean if you if you're not as attached to some of these people, and I use that lewd word loosely, then it's not really a big deal. I mean, but. You know, we we make fun of the age difference between you and I all the time, and that this is where it actually kind of comes into play for real because some of these people are integral to my teenage and young adult years, where you would have been a child for their the peak of some of their success. Do you know what I mean? Sure. So, um, so I think we'll start with, and I know Mark would see this as maybe more one of the more important people, but I'm gonna for our list, I'm gonna put it closer to the bottom, and that's King Kong Bundy. The uh, professional wrestler passed away at the age of 61. What did he die of? 
You know what? On the thing I have here, it's not saying, but I think it was cardiac in some capacity. Uh-huh. I don't know the specifics, but that's what I think I saw somewhere else. Um, but yeah, he he was um, he was King Kong Bundy. He was just a big, big bald guy and acted like an animal. But he wasn't like George the Animal Steel. It was kind of interesting. But anyway, he was he was a great wrestler and not didn't get enough credit. Um, but I know he wrestled in WWF for a while now, WWE. I'm pretty sure he held the title at some point. Actually, I have a link on that I can check. Let me see here. Uh, so I'm more amazed at the fact that I actually know who George Daniel Steele is, to be perfectly honest. And the only reason why I know who he is, because he was in the movie Ed Wood by Tim Burton. Yes, he was. Holy, well, and King Kong Bundy was on Married with Children, just to throw acting around for a minute. But, um... Here's some interesting news that I didn't know. So, um, obviously... Wait, he, he, King Kong Bundy? Yeah, King Kong Bundy was his name. And, and the, oh, the main yeah. character of Mary Richard was Al Bundy, right? That Yeah, I wonder if that's why they casted him. I'll see if I can find that out. But, He's like a um, what's that? He was like a relative. Yeah, right? Let's see. Da, 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 da. Bundy has not. Actually, according to this... Yeah, if I if I he was Peg's brother on the show, he was Peggy's brother, and apparently uh, the creators of the show were big fans of his, and that's why their last name is Bundy. Oh no shit! Yeah, according to this, so that's pretty neat. I did not know that. So, so he's literally married without children. Yeah, right. So here's an interesting some interesting info also that I didn't know about I wish we had Mark with us for this because he's a huge huge wrestling fan and so he'd be well versed in all this so it's, it's I apologize if Mark's listening that I'm not doing the right justice but apparently he was from Woodbury New Jersey which is literally like 15 minutes from where I live wow so and he died in Glassboro which is like five minutes east of there so he he died right here in my backyard basically DJ, is this a confession? No, no. But he also went to um, he went to Washington Township High School, which is a big deal around here. That's a big school. It's not a great school in terms of quality, but it's a big school. It's a big known school. <laughs> All the people in Washington Town were like, "Hey, fuck you, buddy." No, you know, sadly, most of them would probably agree. <laughs> yeah. Um. Needless to say, but yeah. So I, I did not know that, but yeah, he's from and he was in Glassboro when he died. So, um, I know we're not doing a whole lot of justice to his wrestling career, but he, he wrestled for a long time and he was, he was a bigger name and not just by his name itself. Like, I'm not trying to make fun of that. He, he was actually like a, he was a well-known wrestler. So, um, rest in peace, King Kong Bundy. Um, the next one that we should probably cover these are all, the, the the first three we're gonna do are all from the same day, and there's one from earlier in February. Uh, I know who you're leading up to. Okay. Um, I'm only leading because it's not on the same day. But right. are you talking about the one but, I'm leading to on the same day? Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. All right, so I, um, I completely blanked on it. I'm just now remembering. I'm like, the, oh fuck, yeah, you did that. The next one I want to talk about is Keith Flint, who is the singer for Prodigy. Um. You probably know the song Firestarter. I'm sure you've probably heard that. Um, probably have to be reminded of what it sounds like. To be fair, to play but... it? I can play it. Sure. All right. Well, bring while I bring that up, I'm talking about it. Um, sadly, according to this, it was suicide. I don't have much mm-hmm. info beyond that, but that sucks. Um, 
and we fair, will stress the message again, which is, you know, suicide is not a fucking answer. It absolutely. is. Oh, if you need someone to talk to, if you need someone to reach out to, we are not doctors, but we will listen. No, absolutely. Yeah, you can always reach out to us. I mean, we do recommend going to professionals and using this national suicide hotline. But if if you need to start somewhere, you can certainly reach out to us. We will listen. Um, yeah, my, my expertise is that I have understood that thought process. And and luckily, I have not delivered on that thought. Um, so in, in that retrospect, I guess that makes me an expert because I'm still here. So if you just want someone to talk to, I'm more than happy to listen. And and I won't even say anything. Just you dump it all on me. He um he performed on the fifth of February, and according to this, uh, da, 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 da. he died on March fourth. That was his. That's the day he died. So which is Wait, the same day as King Kong Bundy. He performed on the fifth of February. Of February. February. Okay. No, it's all right. We we sometimes have trouble hearing each other, and I know that. So, okay. So this is probably the song you would know the best. But if you don't, then I can try to find you another one. Okay. So that's Prodigy, um, Firestarter. And then really quick, this is just, I'm just going to play the beginning of this because it's actually one of my favorite things. I'm pretty sure this is him. Someone find you. Oh, fuck's sake. Trying to rock this fucking tune, man. So yeah, that's that's Prodigy. That's that that was Poison. So the first song we played is a song called Firestarter. If you didn't guess that, I don't have the album title for that one. I can get it, but that second one was a clip from Poison from Music for a Jilted Generation, which is my favorite Prodigy album, hands down. Just just so you know, you have two you have a cop you have two copies of the way it is. Uh, I have two copies of a lot of things. Yeah, you might want to. Anyways, I don't know the band. I don't know the artist, and I mean it, it's off. I I care more about the way he killed himself than what sure. he actually did. It's I don't. Hey, all the power to people who are fans of him. I'm 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 sorry for your loss. Okay, 
<laughs> Either way, um, that's, yeah, so that was Prodigy. That's Keith Flint. The third one from that same day on March 4th of this year is probably the biggest shocker to everybody, and that's Luke Perry. From- yeah, that's what I was thinking that you were leading up to. Um, I I don't I was I never watched nine two one zero, so I was never. But Luke Perry was always on my radar. Like I was, I I knew the name even if I didn't know who the fuck he was. I think I always kind of confused him with Sean pa- Patrick Flannery. I guess. Okay. They both they both kind of look alike, and they were both like eighties nineties icons especially teen icons. So yeah, I think yeah, I was yeah. confused too. But uh, yeah, Luke, Luke, that was a big shock. He died of a, what, a stroke. A stroke. Yeah. He had this stroke. Let me see if I can get the date. Cause I think it was the day before. No, he died he of had a stroke. The... He was like 52. Like, yeah, he was, I'll get that in a second, but I think you're right. Um, he had the stroke March on, 4th. sorry. <laughs> I just said he died March 4th. Yeah, I knew that he had the stroke on the 27th. So it took like, three or four days for so it was complications from the stroke that that took him from us right um he's had some heavy he's had some heavy deal um roles besides 90210 um he was a star of buffy the vampire slayer the movie he was in yeah but he was the i guess the co-star is probably the better way to put it um yeah he was in that he um he had a great role in an episode of Criminal Minds. I don't know if you ever watched that show. Staff watches that show. He was a pastor. Uh, there was like a David Koresh type like cult thing going on at uh, I forget where it was located in the show. I want to say it was Texas, but I could be wrong. And he was the head of this group. Mm. He played like the pastor. It was really an interesting role for him. You've seen Red State, right? Oh yeah, I love it. It's State. it's very similar to Red State in terms of okay. like the level of um hateful uh, culty shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he basically played the the David 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 Park? No. What's his name? Michael Michael, Michael. Parks? Michael Parks. Michael. He, he played that role, but he wasn't as old. He was a younger version of that same kind of character, but yeah. Um, uh he was also in the fifth element. He was. I I was just getting to that because it's one of my favorite scenes from the whole fucking movie. Because mm-hmm. whenever we need light around here, Deb and I are both big fans of the movie, so we'll yell Aziz light because that's that scene. Mm-hmm. It's the old guy yelling at the little kid, but Luke Perry was his um, assistant. So yeah, he was the. I always, I always, you know, when I was a kid, I always thought that Luke Perry was the Ian Holm character, but as a kid, you know what I mean? Ian Holm. The older, uh, um, the older priest dude, the one who like. Oh, oh yeah, no, no, he wasn't a priest though. So. But when I, but when I was watching it, I was sure. like, I was because it's like the first part is a is like set in nineteen whatever the fuck. But then you're like, oh, when you watch it as an adult, you're like, oh no, you're just a stupid kid who didn't get it. Oh, but no anyways, all, no, no problem. Uh, uh, all kidding aside, it is upsetting that Luke Perry did die. Absolutely, absolutely, and. And then his most recent role, and I think we should give him credit because he was still acting in it, is he was Archie's father in Riverdale. Yeah, uh, so. I I haven't I tried. I'm not a. I'm not. I was not sucked into that show. If I'm yeah, being I tried. I tried watching it. I tried watching uh, Riverdale. 
it just did not grab me because it, I was a fan of the comics themselves. So like they it, to take it and make it real fucking teen <laughs> drama. I'm just like, oh god, fucking okay. Hey Rico, is... I'm looking at his list here. There's something you're going to be really interested to see. I think he's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Really? Yeah, he's going to be in it. So when that movie comes out, he'll be in it. Probably, this is probably his last thing. Yeah. I'm uh, surprised by his name. Did you do you know yeah. what his name actually was? I have it right here. Coy Luther Perry III, and I guess Luke was like a nickname. Yeah, Coy. I've never heard of Coy as a actual fucking name. Oh, I have. There's a guy on um, who's a regular fighter on movie fights named Coy Jindro, I think is how you say his last name. It's a little complicated. But anyway, he's, he's really fucking good on that show, so I like watching him when he's on. But he's also um, does work with Marvel. That mm-hmm. guy. So, but yeah, so that, but yeah, it's not a common name. That's for that's for sure. Yeah. No, it's it's a feeling. <laughs> it's an emotion. Yeah. It's like yeah. It's like calling it's like calling your kid love or hate. Right. Um. So. Um, no wonder Luke. Yeah. Right. I would too. Um. And I'm trying to get the date on this last one. So, for those of you who are fans of Airwolf, Jan Michael Vincent from Airwolf passed away, the star of Airwolf. So, I was a big fan because it came on right after Knight Rider. So, it was Knight Rider and then Airwolf. And Airwolf was a a show about a supersonic helicopter, basically. And he was the pilot of the helicopter. So it was basically Knight Rider, but with a helicopter. The, the helicopter didn't have any artificial intelligence or anything like that, though. It was it was strictly just a like a... 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Wait a minute. I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah, yeah wait, here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years, because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. High-powered, it could it could shoot missiles it, it, and it, do backflips. It didn't have Mr. Feeney's fucking voice talking to him, is what you're saying. Right, right. So, but he, the reason, a good reason I bring this up besides, um... His death. Uh, besides his death, obviously, or even his, his career, is he struggled with depression. Now, I don't think he died by his own hand. I think he just passed away. But right. he he did struggle with depression and drugs and, and substance abuse because of his depression. So, right. you know, um, so ho- you got to hope that him and as well as Keith from Prodigy are no longer suffering because if they were suffering, at least hopefully they're not anymore. So... Mm-hmm. There's that. Um, so, yeah, we got off on a wonderfully high note <laughs> to Plattiscue, but we don't do these very yeah, often. Yeah, it's about to get better. Yeah, no, it will. And we just needed to hit these because when you have three people die on the same day that are famous, it, it's kind of a notable thing, and I felt like we needed to touch on that. So um, rest in peace to all four of them. You know, we hope your families are doing as well as you can under circumstances and that if anyone who was suffering are no longer suffering. So, there you go. On a happier note, you saw Captain Marvel. I saw Captain Marvel. Um, 
right, and again, spoilers. And uh, how? All right. So I would like to state that I really liked it. Like I okay. liked it. Okay. It wasn't. In, in no ways is it is it an awful film. It is, but there are. It, it just. It wasn't the Avengers. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it but was nothing's very going. Much, it's not go. Nothing's going to be the Avengers. But it wasn't even Iron Man one. Really? You know I mean, it was. It you know it. I kind of compared it to like how I felt walking out of it, and how I felt thinking about it. Okay. Was sort of the same type of reaction where like I saw Ant Man of the Wasp or Ant Man. Okay. You know, I actually like, like the first Ant Man better personally, but that's I, I I do too. But I'm but you know it's like you're kind of like okay that was good. It wasn't awful. It was that was actually pretty good. It's an but appetizer to the main course. It's going to be Endgame. It really is. It's it's the fucking fruit on the side. You know, it's it's the orange slice at the end of your Chinese food. It's kind <laughs> of like if you eat that first and then you get dish into the rice. Like it's you know. I, my criticism was there. There's a plot element they throw into it, and it just kind of seemed. I had to. I had to look back on Wikipedia to like find out the structure of this because it's a prequel set in '95, right? Right. Right. So, oh, I knew it was '90s. I didn't realize it was specifically '95, but okay. It was not. It's '95, and the main thing about it that I, I did like this is that she starts out with her powers. Like she already has that thing. And as the film explores, as the film progresses, she gets, she has repressed memories that she remembers of how she was a human on earth. Okay. Because it starts out in fucking, I don't Space. remember what the planet called, but like the Cree planet. Now the Cree isn't that Xandar? No, Xandar is a whole other planet. But Cree okay. um, are the species that Ronan the Accuser is the villain from Guardians of the right. Galaxy. Right. I. I so he, he, I'm sorry, Rico. Not to interrupt you. Listen, everyone, and I know we said this already, but I want to restress this. I'm not going to see this before in game, so Rico's going to spoil the living shit out of this thing because I want the details, so I'm ready for Endgame. If you've not oh. seen Captain Marvel yet and you want to see Captain Marvel, fast forward like 15 minutes at least. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even listen to the episode because I don't know how long it's going to take. Like, well, there's a lot of other cool stuff we're going to talk about. I have nothing to do with it. So all I'm saying, give 15 minutes. If it sounds like we're still talking, just fast forward some more. <laughs> yeah. And I apologize in advance if I spoil something that you were like, oh, motherfucker. But honestly, it, you're really, it's not, you're not missing much. Like, it's not I've like. i it, It's not, it, it's just, you know how you like, you know, you, it, it's essentially the Wonder Woman of, of the Marvel movies. See that. That concerns me because I really liked Wonder Woman, minus the third act, which was, you know, not great. But two thirds of that movie were fantastic. But what I mean is that you know Wonder Woman already has her power. So like when you right. see this origin story, you're not like, oh, I didn't see that coming. You're right, like, right, okay, right, right. all yeah. right, yeah. It's very much like you know the story, and like there, there are no twists. The only twist is essentially. How Fury loses his eye. Okay. And they show that. All right. 
Um, and it, it, I'm still like on a love hate about it. Like I love, I, I'll, I'll get to it. So <laughs> it starts out. Captain Marvel is part of a, uh, a team of Cree soldiers led by Jude law. And I was wrong. I was I on the impression that, that Jude law was playing Marvel. Now Marvel is in the movie, but, it's not Jude Law. He's playing some fucking... He's playing... But I did predict that he was the bad guy. Like, he is an antagonist, even though he is set up as her mentor, and you believe he's a hero, but I'm, like, watching him, like, there's no way he's a good guy. Like, you know, he, and... I'm, I'm, yeah. Do you remember when... I'm gonna sound like I'm diverting completely, but I'm not, so just bear with me a second. But do you remember when Matty Granger was talking to us about the individual Star Wars movies, like Solo and Rogue One and whatever? And he said, mm-hmm. like, it feels like there's a formula at this point that makes it kind of less desirable for him. Yeah, I remember him saying that. Um, this sounds like Marvel's starting to fall into that trope of you've got the ally that ends up being the bad guy. I mean, and it started, if you think about it, you go all the way back to Iron Man 1, it's just Obadiah Stane, you know. And that's what I predicted. I, I predicted that he, I assumed that he was going to be Marvel, and he was like teaching her, and then like, he's the big bad. But you're like, all right, I, I knew going into this is going to be like that. Um, I do like that it does tie in with the other movies. Like, I'm, I'm going to fuck up his name, but the Joman Hoseman, or I, I, I don't know. He's the guy. He's the um, he's an African actor, and okay. he is. He's the guy who is in Guardians of the Galaxy. Where he's like, they call me Star Lord. He's like, who? Oh, you know yeah, about? I I know exactly who you're talking about. He's he's a good actor, but you're right. He's got a crazy difficult name to say. I know who you're talking about. Um, I'm gonna try fu- to I'm gonna try to find it and see if I can do it for you. But I I know who you're speaking of, and and he deserves credit because he's a really good actor. I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. So he is also, it's really funny. I'm pretty positive he's in Shazam. So he's essentially in two Captain Marvel movies. Oh, wow. But see, you know what? To me, that's, I, you know, and we can talk about it later, but I got into a discussion about Shazam, and I, I'm not a fan of the thing at all. Really quick, by the way, the one thing I didn't know that I found out when I was having that discussion is it was shot in Philly. Shazam was? Yeah, apparently, or at least part of it was. So, that's cool. yeah, that's pretty neat. So he's in it. Lee Pace, who plays Ronan the Accuser, is in it. He as shows Ronan, up without right. all, what? As Ronan, correct? And, and as Ronan, yeah, yeah. It, it, because the prequel it's set before Guardians, so it is like the Kree have not been. The Kree are, are regarded as like the race that it protects the world, right? And then the Skrulls are these alien like reptilian kind of looking things. They look, they kind of, they, they're they Uh, they can change forms and take on the f- like shape shifters. Like they're, they can take on the form of someone that they look at. So they could be anyone, that kind of thing. And the scrolls regard as the big bad. And then it's revealed that they're actually the good ones and the Cree are the bad ones. So it was really kind of, I was sort of surprised that they took the, these guys are the good guys, these guys are the bad guys, and then flipped it. It'd be like finding out that the Empire all of a sudden is really actually the good guys, and the Rebels are really the shitty ones. Well, and there are some people that I think view it that way, but that's another conversation. 
So uh, the cast, let me, uh, because I can, I'll, I'll go through the story. It's hard to describe because it flip flops back and forth. Um, hey, yeah, um, Brie, Brie Larson. Just really quick, Rico, just because I want to give him credit. It looks like the way you pronounce it, and I, I know you did your best, so I'm not giving you shit, but it looks like it's Digimon Hansu is how you say his name. Digimon Digital Monsters. <laughs> Stop it. That's wrong. Anyway, okay, Brie Larson. So Brie Larson, I like Brie Larson. I was a fan of her from the movie uh, Room. She was phenomenal in Room. She earned her Oscar. Um, she's for a first movie as Captain Marvel, she's fine. And I can't, I feel bad, but I can't help but compare her to Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, which is unfortunate, but really this is woman centric superhero. You really kind of, you can't, you're not going to compare it to Catwoman. So yeah. Yeah. There hasn't you're not gonna been... to, it's not going to be Electra. Black Widow, but even though she hasn't had her own movie. Although I've been hearing new fucking casting details about Black Widow. Apparently, Emma Watson is uh, rumored for a role. Oh, that'd be interesting. So I think they're slowly just going to start bringing Harry Potter actors into the Marvel Universe before fucking Warner Brothers takes it. Yeah, right. Really quickly, by the way, they uh, on Movie Fights this past week did the... So which which Marvel character do you think could actually be a scroll? Like, that was just like a question for one of the, the fight questions. And someone actually said Black Widow, and they would explain why her look changes in every fucking movie. I could see that. Um, I think someone would have obviously noticed at yeah, some point. Yeah, I think it, it's obviously just a play question for the show, but, you know. Right. Um, I, I, but the scrolls, the scrolls are interesting in this film, because uh, they, Ben Mendelsohn, going back to Star Wars, Ben Mendelsohn, who plays uh, Krennic in Rogue yeah. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he is the head scroll in this one. Okay. And he plays him. He he steals the fucking movie because he plays he, when he's in his scroll green, you know, pointy eared reptilian kind of look. He talks in his Australian accent, but then when he takes on the human form, the guise of of uh, like a head, uh, like one of the directors of Shield. He speaks in a. I read this. He actually speaks an American accent that was based on Donald Rumsfeld. Interesting. And it he steals the fucking movie. Um, Brie Larson. Hey, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rico. But I just had a thought in general. More like it really feels like I'm starting to wonder if Disney signs actors because you know actors are signed to movie deals generally if they know there's going to be like a series like Star Wars, Marvel, they'll say, you right. know, like two, three, four, five movies, whatever it is, right? I'm wondering uh -huh. if Disney's starting to sign actors just to work for them. Because think about the, the amount of crossovers, especially between Star Wars and Marvel at this point. Paul Bettany, for starters, Ben yeah. Mendelsohn. Yeah. And right. there's rumors that, like Brie Larson really wants to do Star Wars. Like they may be putting her in the other like future trilogy or something or one of the spinoffs. Okay. Because like there was art where like she's like, I want to be in Star Wars and like someone made like a collage of what it would look like her holding a lightsaber, a la Ray. And, and I know I know the timing doesn't line up, but I mean Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson too. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's another good point. The timing doesn't um, line up because Lucas still owned Star Wars at the time, but you know what I'm getting at. Like, 
Right, right, right. I mean, it's almost like Marvel is like, hey, we like Star Wars. Let's take Samuel Jackson first. Right. And then if I bet you from an and I don't want to get into a business discussion, but from an economic perspective, I bet you it's cheaper for Disney to say, hey, we're just signing you to a and I'm making up a number here, but like a 10 movie deal and you're going to be in whatever properties we have for 10 movies, whether it be Star Wars, Marvel, whatever else and then you're done i bet you that's cheaper for them to sign that deal probably i mean i'd 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 rather see samuel jackson come back as mace windu in star wars than you know he wouldn't have an arm but i mean other than that what do you mean you could have a robot arm no i'm saying he wouldn't have like one of his arms is what i meant but you know yeah how about how about you combine the two and you have nick fury windu or Nick Windu, though so he's got the eye patch and the missing arm, and it'd be the whole package. <laughs> Mace Fury. Mace Fury. There you go. I like that better. That works. Um, uh, and that's actually people- interesting to bring that up because there's this whole scene where young Nick Fury, and and that was actually probably the best part, was sort of being transported back to 1995. And seeing Samuel Jackson look exactly how he did in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah. Yeah, how like, was it de-aging? Did it did it work well? Did it look oh, good? So good. It looked good. it looked amazing for Samuel Jackson. It looked kind of meh for Clark Gregg. Because yeah, but, I don't think we've ever seen Clark Gregg look that young. Okay, but they didn't they shouldn't have had to de-age him that much, so that's probably why, yeah. Well, it's they, they definitely uh, they sharpened up his his wrinkles and sure. Uh, sure, and they made his hair a little kind of more young looking. I guess. By, by the way, he was on a show with um, oh, fuck, what's her name? Elaine from Seinfeld. I can't remember her real name. Julia Louis Dreyfus. Thank you, thank you. Um, called the. New Adventures of Old Christine. Deb watches it, and so I've caught it from time to time. He's got some comedic chops. Like, I've only ever seen him in more quasi-serious roles. So, like, when I finally saw this, I was like, all right, you go, Clark Gregg. Dude, he's he's got a dark sense of humor. Like, he's got a dark... Like, movies he's directed. Like, he directed a movie... I mean, I told you about it. It's called Choke with Sam Rockwell. Yes, we did talk about that. And, and that's, I'm glad you bring that up because Sam Rockwell is going to play a major role in what we still need to talk about tonight. But go ahead. All right. But he's in the movie Choke as well. And he is like, because the setting is at a colonial fucking renaissance fair type thing. Okay. Where like people act up in a colonial setting. Like that's only part of it. That's where the main character works at. Okay. And so Clark Gregg is always in method. He's always in character. He's, so he's speaking in colonial, you know, 17th century fucking, you know, dost thou have, you know, the paperwork? And, dost, and then, like, occasionally he breaks character. So he's kind of, like, talking like Thor. Dust mother know you wear her drapes? Yes. It's sort of that? like that. And then, like, Sam Rockwell's like, dude, you know, there's no kids around. Like, you, <laughs> you drop fucking act he's like all right in all seriousness what the fuck are you guys doing he's like oh you said fuck i don't know if that word existed here uh that's um, funny but so, it's um all right so colson shows up he doesn't have a huge role he's got maybe maybe like 10 minutes of screen time that's but a he's, pepper- he's, he's so pepper- good pepper- film. yeah he's good it's also nice to see him alive yeah, well, I, see, I have because he's been on Shield, and I watch Agents of Shield. So, right, you know, 
Um, it- Who am I? Naomi is the new hit series that's got all the buzz. You have power I have never felt before. Critics are calling it unbelievably charming. Captivating. A delight to watch. Casey Walpole couldn't be more perfect as Naomi. You ready? The question is, are you ready? Get ready to see why. I don't know what is happening to me. Are you a superhero? Superheroes aren't real. What if they are? Naomi, all new tonight on The CW. Tonight at 9, only on DCW 50, Washington CW. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments, where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com cloud. It is also very interesting to see Samuel Jackson play Nick Fury as not the director of Shield. He's, He's just, just an agent. agent Fury. Yeah. Yeah. And to see him, you know, because we have this look of Nick Fury as big leather trench coat, eye patch, goatee, bald head. Whereas right. this is like Samuel Jackson from Die Hard 3, like dress dress shirt, you know, without the jacket on, holster, um, tie. Uh, no facial hair. He has hair. I mean, it, right. he, it, that's that's really kind of like I keep saying Die Hard Three, but that's really exactly what he looks like. Um, but back to Brie Larson. Brie Larson, I, I'm I'm glad she was cast, and I'm look, I'm glad Captain Marvel was made. That I just want to say that sure. whether I like it or not, I'm just happy that Captain Marvel now exists as a movie I, and I as agree. a decent movie. Yeah, and I agree. I I mean, I talk about how much I don't really want to see this, and it's not because it's a woman or anything like that. The story is just not catching me for whatever reason, Like at least the stuff from the trailers. The only reason why I wanted to see it is because I hear it it's integral to the the results of Endgame or to the plot of Endgame. And I'll get to that. But really, if you want to see Captain Marvel, just re-watch Green Lantern and imagine a woman. Oh, see, that's disappointing. But it's not. I mean, I I joke, but I liked the Green Lantern movie. I did too. Yeah, Captain Marvel is a better movie, but it's very similar plot. Okay, all right, I got you. That's why the pilot fucking gets superpowers and then saves humanity and and blah blah blah. Um, I want to see Brie Larson grow into the role. I don't think this was this was not Iron Man. This was not like oh my god, they were perfect for the role. But to be fair, I don't know enough of Carol Danvers to really right. be critical. She may have nailed the role. I, I appreciate what she did for the role, which was she learned how to fucking actually f- like fly a jet. Um, oh, did she, she really? Did, That's pretty neat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, she did eight months of like training and judo and shit like that. She bulked up. like She, she went for the role and she read everything that you could read of captain marvel like there's lots of fucking photos of her reading captain marvel to prepare for the role well then you got to give her credit for that yeah obviously preparing yeah and i know you are i'm just backing you up i'm saying yeah that's good i think i want to see more i want to see more of her i wasn't i was more impressed with gal gadot as wonder woman because one in wonder woman the fir- and Wonder Woman, not Batman vs Superman or Justice League. Right, she is a wide range of 
emotions. Yes, I agree. You know, whether it's her and Gal Gadot is a is an okay actress. She's not a great actress. But for Wonder Woman, she does a great job because she she you know has childish innocence at one point. She has rage, she has confusion. She, you know, whether she's kicking the shit out of fucking um Ares or gushing over a baby. She is a wide range of emotions, which True. I appreciate for the role. True. Brie Larson, for me, in this movie was quippy grin, scrunched up anger face, <laughs> and then nothing else. Like, Henry that's P. kind of, I mean, I, I'm, I have respect for her because I like her as an actress. And what I've seen her, I mean, I liked her in Kong Skull Island. I liked her in Room. I loved her in the United States of Terra. So I think it was just a very one note emotional range for her. I think she was sort of just um, eclipsed by everyone else. Like, because it's hard to be, it's hard to stand toe to toe with Samuel Jackson as your co-star. Yeah. Yeah. I think he eclipsed her in terms of comedic value um, range, but I, well, I have hope. I have hope but, for Captain Marvel. See what what bothers me about that, though, and and I'm gonna having not even seen it. I'm gonna agree with you. It has nothing to do with Brie Larson's acting abilities. Is because to me, it sounds like a script issue. Personally, um, it Captain Marvel supposed to be like the savior from what we see in Infinity War, and it sounds like she's not. Now, to be fair, if I could jump in before you comment, because I feel like I know where you're going to go, what you're watching is 20-some-odd years prior to the events of Infinity War. So she's had time to grow as that character that we won't have seen because, you know, just timing and the way the movies are break, you know, laid out. Yeah, it is kind of shoving a... like. What Stephanie and I have argued about is when they put in, when they're going to shove in the X-Men into the MCU, right? that's going to happen. And then we all just sort of have to like, they're either going to have to explain it where we're like, that totally makes sense. Why mutants don't exist in New York city and no one's aware of them and how Charles Xavier and Wolverine have been fucking doing basically nothing and how like the Avengers and shield have not been aware of it. Or they're from an alternate dimension. They have to. They're going to really have to explain it for someone like Stephanie to just accept it and be like, "Okay, it's it's now canon." I actually Captain Marvel feels kind of shoved in to the X Men thing real quick. I heard a theory that, and it's just something someone's kicking around, but that the Reality Stone and somehow hid them. Something about the Reality Stone. I could see that. I could also see the fucking quantum realm or something being a part of it. I also did hear the theory that like there's going to be a Avengers versus X Men movie. Like that's I how they're going to introduce them. Would love <laughs> movie. Um, but so all right, this is where the big the big red flag comes up. We've warned you guys, but I want to know how this plays into Endgame. It plays into Endgame because it shows how she can become badass. Like the thing is, is that she actually, her power, I, I'll just tell you how she got her powers, right? Yeah. 
So the plot is Annette Benning, who's in this movie, and I completely even forgot that Annette Benning is in this movie. Oh, I like her. I like her too. Um, and she's fine in this movie. She's not like I don't know. I just it kind of felt like the Glenn Close of Guardians of the Galaxy, kind of like, oh, they're in this. Oh, right. But that was a cool little cameo, so I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. But you're like, oh wow, they they really need they they're, they they need a paycheck for their own like. Their own, I mean, Glenn Close said, "I did this so I could fund my own passion project." Oh, did she really? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't hear that. I, I think that's probably why they're like Xandar and her are, are not even in fucking Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, right? Or in fucking uh, Endgame, right? Or well, not Endgame, or Infinity, Infinity War. War. Yeah, well, Infinity Infinity War. They said it was destroyed two days before the movie started, or whatever. Right. So. Like, but normally they would have shown like a clip of that, like you know Thanos fucking shit up, Thanos grabbing John C. Riley by the throat. <laughs> yeah, true, 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 true. Anyway, anyway, so Annette Benning plays a Cree, but she's a human, so she's she's a Cree in the guise of a human, and Carol Danvers, in her human life, knows her as like her superior for the army base. Okay. She doesn't know that she's a Cree. And this is before she even knows about Cree. So they're doing this whole mission where they're going to fucking test this um this super like this alternate energy source, which is revealed to be the fucking Tesseract. Oh, okay. Tesseract is in this movie again. And that's what throws me off where I'm like, wait a fucking second. How the fuck did they have the Tesseract? Like, I had to do some mental fucking like timeline math in my head yeah because it just threw it off i'm like wait so they've had it since 95 but then blah 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 and, 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 i mean it's hard to explain because it's all still kind of fresh and yeah, like it's, all it's it'll be because beautiful. yeah because in avengers um nick fury says at one point that that howard stark found it when he was looking for um cap he finds it he, fi- he found it in the ocean at the end of First Avenger, he, Howard Stark finds That's it. right. Yeah, yeah. So then from 1945... To 95. Uh, to 1995, what basically happens is it's the government has it. And then Annette Benning uses that, uses the Tesseract as a way of trying to make light speed, essentially. That's really what it is, it's just light speed. Okay. And she makes a ship and tests it and then you find out later, fucking Jude Law, the Cree dude, is a renegade part of the Cree, and he's working for Ronan the Accuser. Okay. So he guns her down, and Brie Larson is flying the fucking plane. So they both crash, and uh, Brie Larson is like, oh my god, you are obviously not human. You're bleeding blue. Like, your blood is blue. Cree blood. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, I'm a Cree and blah, blah, blah. And then this is the events of how Brie Larson's character gets her powers and has amnesia. The whole fucking movie, she doesn't know who she is. She It starts out with her already being a Cree or being raised by the Cree right. and being able to get the shit out of, like, she's just a badass Cree-human hybrid. So Jude Law marches over. And that's what is this big reveal when she's, re- when she's remembering who the fuck her previous life was, she realized that her mentor was the one who killed her other mentor. And right. is, and instead of killing her, took her in, and then just hid the fact that he is the big, big battle all along. 
you know, the ultimate did you didn't, but you kind of see it fucking coming. And by the way, Jude Law was fine in this movie. I really want to see him come back. Like he was he was very entertaining, even though I like saw it. I'm like, ah, eh, bad guy, bad guy, fucking bad guy. <laughs> um, yeah, but see, you still so, haven't answered the question. How does how does this play to Endgame? I'm getting to it, motherfucker. I'm getting to it. Well, we got a lot to cover tonight, bitch. <laughs> I'm telling you in the audience what I'm telling you, okay? I haven't even gotten to the fucking Stanley cameo, okay? Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I heard that was heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. So, fucking... Jude Law shoots fucking in that and kills her, and there's a standoff between Captain Marvel, well, Carol Danvers, and fucking Jude Law, and, she, and he said, just give me the energy core, and you're fine. And then she's like, oh, this energy core? And shoots the energy core with the fucking blaster? So the ship explodes, disintegrates, Annette's, Annette Bending's Cree body is right there that explodes and disintegrates the fusion of the tesseract um the power absorbs into uh brie larson and with the kree dna from the fucking body it makes her a human tesseract kree hybrid so the energy comes from the tesseract the blood of the Cree comes from fucking Annette Benning, and then she's also human. So she's this just this fucking hodgepodge of whoa. And of whoa. <laughs> and she loses her fucking memory. And so Jude Law takes her just like at the hope like one day we'll fucking use this power, which right. is like if you're gonna do that, why train her and make her on your side? Like just take the fucking energy. Blah blah blah. True. So and they also do this, like this implant. They they put an implant in her, like behind her ear, which like holds back her power. Because they, throughout the whole movie, they're like, "You're just too human. You have to get your emotions in check." And she's at the, towards the end. She's like, "Fuck that!" And like takes out the thing and then reveals her whole true power. Like she goes full Dark Phoenix, becomes a fucking I human. I heard that as a descriptor. I heard someone use that as a descriptor. It was Marvel's version, not Marvel, Marvel's version of Dark Phoenix because they don't own X-Men yet, technically, whatever. It's if Dark Phoenix was a hero and not a villain. Right. It's, which It's Light Phoenix. Yeah. Okay. Which is funny because Phoenix is actually, it's real. I didn't even make this connection until just right this second. Phoenix is like the name of the fucking um, jet project. So it's maybe it's kind of weird. They actually maybe there are kind of like like Fox is doing their own version of Dark Phoenix, and Marvel's like, ah, we can do a better one. Well, and here's the other interesting thing, just to separate for a second. But like you keep saying her name's Carol Danvers, which I've heard that, but Supergirl's name is Kara Danvers. Yeah, I so. I, I I always thought that was really interesting how they did that. Plus, DC originally made Captain Marvel, who's Shazam. Who's Shazam? So yeah. it's it's all. I mean, I, this is the most blatant form of of an example of how Marvel and DC have ripped each other off over the years. It might be. By the way, while we've been talking about it, I just ordered my copy of Captain Marvel. <laughs> so. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm going to buy the movie. I'm going to have oh, it in yeah. my collection. I'm, you know, gonna, you, we you have to complete the collection. You um, have to keep. I, I'm I'm trying to figure out how. Like, do you put your Marvel MCU collection in? chronological order or, or in order of appearance or in trilogies i um okay right now that it's a little spread out because i've run out of space on my shelves so it's a little spread out all over the place but when i had the space for all of them they went in order of 
appearance and chronology and trilogy. So like Iron Man one, two, and three were all together, even though like Captain Marvel came out or not Captain Marvel, but Captain America came out before Iron Man three, that kind of thing. Um, so it would go that way, kind of. Okay. Because when I'm thinking about when I'm going to get Captain Marvel, I don't know where the fuck to put it because I'm going to put it like before Iron Man. But the end credits, the bonus scene, is directly up to links up to Endgame. So that's why I'm like, I'm just going to redo the whole thing and just make it fucking in order of release. That's well, how I'll, the best way of doing this. I'll tell you something I'm doing real quick. Um, when they finally announce a release date for Endgame, the the disc copy, the copy that you can go to the store and purchase. I am going, and I will have already seen it at that point because I'm not missing that one. But <laughs> I am going to take a 10 day window of time off from work and I'm going to watch all of them in story chronological order. So, like, I will start with the first Avenger and work my way up through, well, I'm assuming Endgame, but I've heard that there's this, you know, so it depends. But you know what I mean? So what I w- what I would do is, if you're going to do that, I would watch um, Captain Marvel after First Avenger, and then, but just don't watch the bonus scene because the well, bonus I've, scene leads up to it. And I have a um, website that I bookmarked that has a running chronological timeline, so mm-hmm. it'll it'll punch those movies in and tell me exactly where I should watch it. It actually punches in on top of the movies. It also punches in like where where the seasons of Agents of Shield fall. And right. the Netflix series. So Jessica Jones, Daredevil, all those. Now, when I do this thing I'm talking about, I'm skipping all that. I'm just doing cinematic. But still, you know, yeah. it's it's still going to take me <laughs> probably the whole 10 days. So that's why she's... So what's the end scene? Because you said that leans up to endgame, and that's what I care about. <laughs> the end scene is... Well, because there's two. The end scene is... Uh, the survivor, the surviving members of the Avengers at the Avenger headquarters. Okay. And they are still running. They, they found. Who am I? Naomi is the new hit series that's got all the buzz. You have power I have never felt before. Critics are calling it unbelievably charming. Captivating. A delight to watch. Casey Walpole couldn't be more perfect as Naomi. You ready? The question is, are you ready? Get ready to see why. I don't know what is happening to me. Are you a superhero? Superheroes aren't real. What if they are? Naomi, all new tonight on The CW. Tonight at 9, only on DCW 50, Washington CW. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. On Nick Fury's pager. The Captain Marvel pager. Right, the one that you see at the end of Infinity War. And that shows up in the movie where he pulls out a pager and she's like, what is this? He's like, oh, it's just a pager. And then she takes it and then gives it back to him at the end of the movie and and it has it modify where it can go out to it. Like the range goes out to a couple galaxies. Sure. (laughs) Um, So they're testing the pager and running it again. And it's literally them saying, just run it again. And then Scarlett Johansson turns 
and, and Captain Marvel's behind her, and she's just like, "Where's Fury?" Wow. Okay, that's exciting. That got my that got my hair up in a good way. <laughs> okay, so one more. Let me tell you about the bonus scene because in order to talk yeah. about the bonus scene, I got to talk about this fucking cat. Oh. Okay. So the f- the cat is actually pretty fucking funny. The cat steals the fucking show. The cat is named Goose after fucking Goose from uh, Top Gun. Oh, Top Gun. That's that's pretty cool. When originally the character, uh, the cat is named Chewy because. Yeah, that's the yeah. timeline. So, Chewy Goose. Um, By fucking... the way, someone's tweet that I saw the other day makes sense now because someone tweeted that they wanted a full-on Goose movie. And I thought they were talking about Top Gun. Now I that makes sense to me now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Goose is not a cat. Just stay in that. Okay. He, he is an alien called a Flurkin. Who a f- a Flurkin? Makes- a flurkin. Okay. And Samuel Jackson is in love with this fucking cat. Just like, aren't you the cutest little mother flurkin ever? Like. <laughs> that like, sounds like a Sam Jackson line. That's a line in the movie. I believe it. I'll, so not, not what I say is a line, but he says mother flurkin at one point. That's funny. Uh, so he sees fucking goose. He's like, oh, you're which, the cutest little thing ever. Which, and then. But- what? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're getting irritated. I can see it. Oh no! I, I just don't want to interrupt no, myself. It's it's just interesting how because you remember when he fades out at Infinity War, which is not a spoiler at this point. He's starting to say "mother," and you assume it's "motherfucker," but you almost wonder now if he was going to go with this other one. I I think I think it was Disney saying "motherfucking" without saying "motherfucking." Well, I know I, what it was, but I'm saying like if he's saying right. this in the other movie, then that may be where he was going. It definitely. Um, so he, the flurkin is a cat, but it opens up its mouth and fucking tentacles come out and it can eat bodies. And it basically its stomach can store. It's like an interdimensional thing in its stomach. So it can store things. It still has the, you know, it's the size of my cat, right? It's I the size you. of a cat, but it, it actually literally eats crees. Like when they're like, Samuel Jackson's holding it, and the Crees are chasing him and um, another character in the movie, and they're running. He's holding the cat, and the Crees like, "Don't move!" And then all of a sudden, like fucking tentacles like come out of nowhere that are so fucking big that like coming out of a cat is like it's like the worms from hell. Like okay, and then it just fucking sucks these things in and eats it. And Samuel Jackson's holding the cat. He's like, "Well, that was new." (laughs) <laughs> and he just hold, he has like a whole new respect for this cat. And Ben Mendelsohn is, is like, oh my God, get that fucking thing away from me. He's like, what, are you afraid of this little cat? He's like, that is not a cat. Like yeah. Ben Mendelsohn is like, trust me, dude, that is not, <laughs> not a cat. A, okay. So the cat is actually pretty funny. The cat swallows the Tesseract. Oh, but how does this, I want to know how this plays into the endgame. Cat, the other bonus scene, set 95, the cat jumps on the desk. And then does it like a hairball and throws up the fucking Tesseract on, on Fury's desk. Right. That's the only way it ends up to end game is, okay, that's how it re- is revealed that the, that shield that Fury specifically had the Tesseract right. in the Avengers. So it doesn't explain what's going to happen in end game really in any way whatsoever. 
the only clip, it, the only thing is, is that the bonus scene where she's like, where's Fury? And oh, she's a badass. Thanos isn't in it. No, really. It, it doesn't set no up No explanation to the, the quantum realm or how they could have gotten that. No. Okay. All right. No, then that's no. all I need to know. So The only thing it reveals is how Fury lost his eye, which he's, remember, the clue was, he's like, last time I trusted somebody, I lost an eye. Yeah. He's holding Goose. He's like, oh, no. oh, Goose, I love you. Goose just you know, was a cat and didn't like being held like some cats are. Slashed him in the fucking eye. That's how he loses his eye. That's fucking stupid. I'm sorry. But anyway. And, and he says, oh, mother flukin and or flurkin. And, and he's like, and he's like there, the funny thing is throughout the movie, he gets little small injuries to his eye. We're like, oh, is that how he loses his eye? Like he gets, you know, shrapnel. He's like, oh, mother. He's like. Oh, no, it's okay. It's like they keep hinting like this could be and it. And then it's this cat. And, and it's just this fucking cat. And then like, he's like, oh, man, it's okay. It, 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 you know, I'm okay. And then Ben Mendelsohn is like, no, it's not. Like it got infected or something. Mm-hmm. I want, if they were going to do that joke, I want there to be another scene where it's Samuel Jackson going to a doctor and be like, oh, yeah, you know, this, this scratch, I got scratched in the eye by a cat. And the doctor's like, oh, yeah, it doesn't look that bad. But let me take a look at it pulls out a scalpel and actually just stabs him in the eye. That would have been like, <laughs> it just would have been one more like, Oh, well you thought it was the cat. No, right. it's actually a doctor just doctor, fucks yeah. up or like Samuel or uh, Nick Fury just walks trips and like impales himself on a, like a <laughs> broken piece. Of... But, um, all right. Well, then all right. that basically lays it out, which means I don't need to see it before end game. You don't need to see it. I would suggest seeing it just because it's Marvel. Sure. But I can wait till uh, I get I would, my copy. I would actually recommend seeing it for the Stanley cameo because that was, that, it's really good. Right. So you have, did anyone ruin it for you? I know that it involves Kev somehow and that's because Kev said something about it, but that's all I, that's all I know. So think about what Nick, what Nick, uh, Stanley was doing in circa 1995. Mall rats. Yeah. So remember this trailer where it shows, uh, Captain Marvel, where she sucker punches that old lady on a no, train. No, I, I don't remember that, but okay. She's on a she's on a subway, and she knows the scroll is on there, and that there's like and it takes on the form of an old lady. So she is walking through the terminal, and then she sees Stan Lee reading the script for Mallrats, and he's rehearsing his fucking lines. He's like, <laughs> you know, just you know, uh, just you know, what, what is it? What is what's his uh? Closing in Clamorats is like, um, you know, just stay true, true believers, or whatever the fuck Something he says. Something like that, yeah. So it's him rehearsing his line, and the font is the Mallrats font on the script. Oh, that's but awesome. this, and that's beautiful, but this is where I'm like, oh, fuck, why'd you do that? Brie Larson walks, stops, turns and looks at him. He pulls down his thing, and they look at each other, and then she gives him this big kind of grin, like, I like you, and yeah. it just keeps going. I would not have done that. It just made it more. It stopped it cold where it should have just been hit, like she walks past and then the camera's right, on him. Remember there was a theory that Stan was and maybe it wasn't a scroll, but he was some kind of like reporter to the who was it? Oh, to? Yeah. And maybe it's because she knows that. That's ah, the grin. It was, it was I, honestly thinking about it now. I think it was. He died, and then they refilmed her looking at ah, him. Maybe, and then maybe. 
That's what um, I think. The only thing I saw about it was Kevin said, now that I'm part of the MCU, does it mean I survived the snap? Which I yeah, thought I was a yeah. pretty cool little quote. Oh! I'll give you one more. Uh, when they do the opening thing for Marvel, remember how they do the the pages flipping yeah, yeah, yeah. the shows like the previous yeah. like Iron Man fighting? It's all Stanley. Oh, that's awesome! It's every Stanley cameo in the Marvel banner as it's unloading with skin ready for the movie. So that's pretty cool. That's cool. I'm I'm glad. I still think they need to do something in Endgame to finalize it. But that if that's how they're going to end it, either way, that's pretty good. You know, so I'll take it. <laughs> To be fair, as much as I've spoiled the movie for you, yeah, I didn't spoil like all the actions. There are some no, great I, action I, sequences. Look, I think I, you I have think a good time a, watching it. Yeah, but I for, think it's going to be a fine movie. I think I'll still enjoy it. I don't. I with the information you've shared, I don't feel like I've lost anything. You know, so it's fine. Um, we've been talking quite a while, and I want to get into the stuff that we actually wanted to talk about today. So, real quick, two. Th- Two, a couple quick things. One, you brought up the Oscars with Brie Larson, so I want to just give a quick thanks to all the people that showed up for our Oscar episode again. I'm not going to list them all off again, but just the last time, I finally got to listen back to that, and that was, it was a motherfucker in length, but it was a lot of fucking fun, and thank you all for coming. I like, I thank you as well, but I, I want to give you a shout out as well. I like your your bonus credit scene for the oh, Oscars, yeah. which is like, I'd like to thank the Oscar, and then it cuts cut off, and I'm like, damn it! Yeah, I well, and did you notice where I cut it specifically? Like the academy get their full thank you, but as soon as anyone else gets thanked, yeah. So it was, it was, yeah. That took some practice, but that's okay. Um, Did you hold something? Did you practice like holding something? No, you know what I did. I know what I meant was just getting the 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 inflections the way I wanted. That's what I meant. I know, but like, did you rehearse by holding an award? No, no, no. Did you go method? Uh, No, I didn't go method. Um. So there's that. I wanted to, to mention that. I also wanted to... Um, we did this on Twitter the other day. The other day was International Women's Day, and I just want to give a big shout-out to all the women in our lives, both online and in real life. So Debbie, Steph, um, Jessica... What's that? Captain Marvel. Yeah, Captain Marvel. Um, obviously, that our... our my, that was my contribution to International Women's Day was seeing Captain Marvel on International Women's Day. Yeah. Um, our mothers, of course. Um, Jessica... Bethany, uh, Arlen. I'm sure I'm missing people, but I just wanted to give a quick, quick love to all those people. April. April. Yep. Thank you. Sorry. Um, she shot me a message, by the way. She heard our love for her on the Oscars episode and was very touched. So I got a very nice message. So, um, speaking of national holidays, Steph did send me something because she thought we would appreciate it. Today is National Mario Day, as in Mario Brothers. <laughs> so she thought we would appreciate that. Is that the only thing? No, it's also obviously Daylight Savings. It's National Pack Your Lunch Day, National Blueberry Popover Day, and National Women's and Girls HIV AIDS Awareness Day. So, kind of a downer to end the thing, but... Yeah, Mario it is. Um, <laughs> right? Fuck. Uh, um, you know what I thought? There's this open... like It's very obvious, but no one ever says it. What? Mario's name is Mario Mario. Then. Yeah, no, we, no. I've heard conversation. Believe me, I'm part of that debate, and we can certainly have some fun with that another day. But I just want to, since we're both gaming guys, I figured it'd be fun to bring that up. Um, the <laughs> the <laughs> it's a me Mario. Um, so we both saw. I'll do the fucking impressions. All right. Now you know what? Fuck you. Um, 
<laughs> we both saw. We both saw superhero movies, and the one I saw was not nearly as good, and I'm not going to give it a whole lot of love or time because, quite frankly, it doesn't deserve it. Um, is Teen Titans go to the movies? It was fucking terrible. Yeah, I saw it. I fucking didn't like it. I, I, there were a couple parts where I laughed out loud. But yeah. It was just juvenile. Very juvenile. Very juvenile. And Deb was watching it with me for the most part, and she did bring up the fact that it was it was aimed towards kids. And it is. And like a Pixar movie or one of those movies, it does have adult jokes for the adults yeah. to, to be able to sit through. But, I mean, the time-traveling big wheels, come on. Um, and I knew that going into it. I'm like, all right, it's gonna be for kids, but like, it's not like a Pixar movie because I no. really like it. What? <laughs> I really like Pixar. Yeah, so do I. No, no, no. That's that's the the only way it's like Pixar is that they have adult jokes, but it, they're not nearly as good. Um, I did like the there was a Stanley cameo. I liked the, that. Yeah, the Stanley cameo was good and and handled well. And I did double check, and it was Stan. It wasn't somebody doing a Stan impression. So that's, right. yeah. No, because I was afraid of that. I was afraid they, they got someone to do a Stan impression, and they didn't. It's it's Stan. So that's good. Hey, this is the wrong universe. Yeah. But he comes back later, and he's like, I don't care, Excelsior. So it was kind of nice. Um, but it wasn't good. It's it's no. not, it's not good. Um, Deb saw the, the bad guy coming a mile away. Oh, fuck yeah. Um... I saw it, but I was hoping she was wrong, and she wasn't. It was it was essentially because I actually speaking of watching superhero movies, I saw The Incredibles two finally. Oh, good. What did you think? And I, I, I liked it. Yeah, but it. Did you honey, see the, the graphic Stephanie's, drop off that you kept hearing Stephanie's about? Stephanie's glaring at me because I watched without her. The fucking Joe put on at work. What the fuck was I supposed to do? It was either that or him put on. He, my boss put on Vikings, the show Vikings at work, and I'm like, you can't do this. And no. then he put on The Incredibles too. Yeah. No, it, it's good. Did you see the drop-off that you were concerned about, though? I, I don't. The graphic difference? You said there was... I didn't... I, I See, I was watching a 4K TV, so it all it looked fucking high quality regardless. So right. I would yeah. actually need to watch The Incredibles and then Incredibles 2, which is what I'll fucking do, Stephanie. <laughs> I will watch Incredibles and Incredibles 2 with you back to back, and I'll rub your fucking feet, and I'll give you fucking, you know, ice cream. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Happy fucking International Women's AIDS Day. Awareness Day. Awareness Day. Um, yeah. Are you aware of this Awareness Day? She's the one who told me about it. Well, Okay. Um, all right, so that said, don't watch Teen <laughs> Titans go to the movies. Um, and then the last movie before we get into actual topic of today that we finally watched together. It's, a, it's the first movie we watched together we weren't actually recording anything for. It was just us watching as two friends, which was fun. Is the movie Dream Team I mentioned like a year ago on an episode. I forget what episode I brought it up. We were talking about Keaton, and I think that's how I mentioned it. But uh, It was uh, about nine months ago. Yeah, something like that. It was a while ago. Um, yeah. Been a while. Uh, uh, oh. No, no, don't do that. Um, I, I almost did it. <laughs> you almost did it, yeah. Um, but yeah. So what did you think? Because I didn't get to ask you what you thought of it. I liked it. Um, I, I mean, look, for those who don't, don't know what the movie is, it's uh, patients of a mental asylum getting a field trip, and then they are left by their own, like, on their Hijinks own. Hijinks and Sue. 
due, yeah. due to circumstances. So it's yeah. four crazy people fitting perfectly in New York City. Um, there are obvious comparisons. That, I mean, you can't help but think of one flew over the cuckoo's nest. I've never seen that, so I'll have to trust you on that. But so you I, you need to see one flew the cuckoo's nest because uh, I mean Nicholson is the Michael Keaton role essentially. Okay. He is troublemaker, you know, there to just start shit. By the way, so it, nobody does. Well, I don't want to say nobody, but a lot of people don't do crazy off the wall. I'm gonna kill you face as well as Michael Keaton. Nicholson's my, got it too. I'll give him that. I've seen it in other stuff, but this but, this was essentially the closest to seeing Batman play the Joker. Is really yeah, what I'm stressing. Yeah, that's actually a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, although I think it's actually it's the same year. It's '89. They're both '89. Yeah. He yeah. had a very good year for 89. Yeah. But he is as far away. I mean, the only exception, like, for those who saw Batman. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Wait a minute. I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah. yeah wait, here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years because we help save people money. So wait. You're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a lounge singer to be their office receptionist. Hello, this is Mickey Marquis, and you've reached the office of Doug and Associates. <laughs> Thank you very much. Catch me Tuesday nights at the Hotel Johnson. Hello? But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local Geico agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Doug and Associates, this is Mickey Market. Hello? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. 89. Remember when he is, like, confronting the Joker? He's like, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. It's that little fucking, like, line of dialogue throughout a whole fucking two-hour movie. Right. Right. Um, um, but he's playing the Randall McMurphy role. But here's the fucking kicker. Christopher Lloyd is in it. And Christopher Lloyd was also in One Flew the Cuckoo's Nest as a patient. Oh, except really? Except he is completely different. Okay. Um, it also has the guy who played Flounder in Animal House. Oh, is that who the the baseball yeah. guy is? Yeah. Okay. And then... Um, Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle, fucking the monster from Young Frankenstein himself, and Frank um, from Everybody Loves Raymond. Everybody yeah. Loves Raymond. Um, and countless and other things. Peter Boyle's been in a ton of shit. Like Taxi Driver. Okay, I've never seen that either, but I trust you. Um, he and actually I gotta give a shout out to fucking Lorraine Bracco from Pranos yeah. and Goodfellas and Medicine Man. When I watched that, I immediately like started screaming like Ray Liotta, like, Karen, that was sixty thousand dollars, Karen. <laughs> like I can't help but fucking look at her and be like, oh my god. She is in a movie about mental patients, and then where mo- one of her most like famous roles is her as a shrink. Yeah, in Sopranos. Yeah, so it was. I liked it. I liked the movie. It, uh, it was. It was really funny. I mean, Michael Keaton obviously steals the fucking movie. Sure, and you're no, right. Michael I, Michael Keaton does crazy very well. And well, hey, yes, you're right. He steals the show, but right behind him is is Christopher Lloyd. Man, I think he does a great job in that role too. I I I like him. Christopher Lloyd. 
because the initial premise when it starts out is you believe that you obviously know the movie, but when Steph and I are watching it, he is a very anal retentive doctor shrink kind of guy. Yes, but and really quick, I mean, I I did know the what what was going to come, but at the same time, I haven't seen that movie in fifteen twenty years, so like it. Well, I knew that was the case. I forgot that it started the way that it did. You know. So he he's like giving diagnoses to fucking. He's like going to the other characters, like, all right, group in ten minutes, and and then like it's revealed that he's a patient. Yeah. And he is. Although, Steph Steph pointed out like that's the diagnosis they give his character is not a correct diagnosis for what sure. he has. Well, sure, but it's also 1989, and I'm guarant that might have been correct in '89. You know, 30 years I think ago. if they had if they had over explained what it actually was, if they had accurately explained it, it would have the audience would have been like, I don't care. He's right, just crazy. It's, it's not awakenings. It's not that kind of movie. It's it's no. you know, so it, the technical details aren't as important as the performances, I think. So, but I'm glad you liked it because I remember when I told you about it, you said you were intrigued by it and you wanted to see it, and I got an opportunity for us to watch it together. So I'm glad we got to do it. It was fun. Steph just uh, passed me another Michael Keaton movie that I need to see called Multiplicity. Oh, I've seen that. That's a fun movie. Yeah. I've never, I've never a man who Clones never himself. has time for the things he wants to do is offer the opportunity to have himself duplicated. So Michael Keaton, even more crazy with multiple versions of crazy. It, it, it's not even crazy. And it's directed by, directed by Harold uh, Ramis. All right. Yeah. It's not even crazy. It's just, it, it's um, different personalities, parts of his personality. So, like, uh, it, you know, if you take your personality and split it into parts, that's what happens. So when he copies himself, it's not a direct photocopy. It's only portions of him. Got it. So there's one that's obsessed with, you know, there's, there's an obsession one, there's a love one, there's a fucking anger one. There's Right. Yeah. All right. I, it, I, I'll, I'll watch the fuck it, out of it. I, I, I love Michael Keaton so much. I watched him in fucking Jack Frost. Like, I like that movie, actually. I, I like that movie. movie. That's my yeah. point. Is I love, I'll, I'll watch that motherfucker in anything. Well, just to I, tie it together real quick, I actually watched The Founder last week because I was sick last week. I was out of work for a few days, and I watched The Founder. And He's so good in that. He's really good, but that Ray Kroc's a bastard. <laughs> if that's, yeah, what a if that's yeah, right. If that's true to form to what really happened, he's a bastard. Like for real, because oh, the Mc- oh, the, yeah. Mc- the McDonald's butters got fucked. Oh yeah. So Are they. <laughs> um, my brother, not to go into too many details. My brother is a restaurateur. My brother right. sets up restaurants and does very very successful. And he watched that movie and he said, "Okay, I know I'm on the right track because." Like this, like I'm thinking the same way this guy's doing without being like, I want to fuck people over and I'm going to like screw people out of their businesses. It was the same mindset of I'm going to, if you buy the real estate, you own, you own the right, you own, you're essentially the landlord. They got to pay you whether you own the restaurant outright, you still are the boss. So my brother kind of like sort of doing research. He's like, I know I'm doing the proper thing because I'm watching this guy and this is exactly how I think about it. Wow. Well, yeah, he's he's not as much of a not my not my brother, the fucking uh, croc, croc guy. Yeah. So, but but to your point about Keaton, it was a really well done movie, and he was amazing. He was really really good. I liked it better than Birdman. I don't want to get into a whole thing on Keaton. Oh yeah, I I I I agree completely. Um, and he got nominated for Birdman. He didn't get nominated for Founder. I don't think. Yeah. 
I so, thought he did. I, he might have. Um, so, but tonight's episode, an hour and some odd minutes in, <laughs> is actually our 42nd episode. And the, so tonight we want to talk about, well, what's the answer to the ultimate question? 42. And the reason we have the ultimate question is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. By Douglas Adams? Is that, am I getting that right? Uh, you are stumping me, friend, but I will look. Um, I didn't have it was, that ready it was to go. It was a book, and then it was also... It was a book. It was a, it was a bunch of books, if I remember. No, I think it's one. It's just one. It's one oh, there was a bunch of... See, here's what I understand. Is that it was started as a book, and then BBC released a bunch of radio serials of it, and yes. it has changed throughout each one. So there's never like the definitive version of it. Well, but see, here's the thing, right? So I, yeah, I'm not going to argue any of those facts you've just spit out because those are all true. But much like Ready Player One, the guy who wrote the original book, and I am getting his name as we speak was involved in the screenplay writing. So much like Chris Klein was in, involved with the writing of Ready Player One's screenplay. Ernst Klein. Or Ernie Klein, I'm sorry, thank you. Um, much how he was very much involved in that too, I think it allows for there to be the, the differences. Because I saw it with some... When I saw the movie the first time, it was opening weekend. The, night, the weekend it came out. The, a friend of mine when I was living in Phoenix had helped me out with a major life catastrophe I was dealing with at the time that's not worth talking about. And so my my thanks to him was I was like, dude, look, I owe you for this. I can't pay you back for what you did. Um and so let me at least, you know I'll pay first to go to see this movie or whatever. You know, let's go to a movie and hang out or let's go do something fun. You know, and basically because what he was helping me with was not fun. So he had said I want to see this movie, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, this book I read, and so we went and saw it. Um, and it was good. I, I liked it a lot. And for me, and so, Rico, I know you're not, you you liked it, but you didn't get a chance to, like, fully watch it. And so we can't, I've like... I've seen it other times beforehand. You have? I've seen, okay. I've seen it three times, but, like, first time I saw it was probably, like, you know, after it came out on, like, VHS. I definitely saw it on VHS or, like, okay. DVD. Like, it was, like, an early, early... Uh, right after it came out. Right. Um, and then I saw it actually like six months ago because it was on Netflix. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll watch it. Yeah, and it's, then still, it's still there. I think actually. I saw it because when you, you first brought it up. I'm like, oh, yeah, I should watch this. And then I saw it the other day. Um, okay. Was but it still, Doug Adams? Yes, it is Doug Adams, by the way. I did pull that up. Um, and it actually says... Okay, so let's give it some quick history really quick. Um... It's a comedy science fiction series that was created by Doug Adams, originally a radio comedy broadcast on BBC Radio in 1978. It was eventually adapted into stage shows, novels, the comic books. There was a 1981 TV series, a 1984 video game. I'm kind of curious to see what that is now. I wish I could play that. And then the the movie that from 2005. Right. Um, as someone who is who appreciated but is not a major fan... My, if I'm describing it to someone like Steph who hasn't seen it, yeah. I would say it is an unofficial Monty Python film if they decide okay. to make a sci-fi film. I'm glad you said that because that's exactly what I thought of it too. It feels mm. Python-esque. I'm not going to go as far as to say it's as good because it's not. It's a good movie. It's a fun movie. It's not 
holy grail. No pun intended. No. You know, and it's not even Life of Brian. It's probably no. right. It. You know what it is? It, it's a combo of um, uh, it's a combo of Brooks and Python. I think Brooks, Mel Brooks. So like your your Mel Brooks. So um, like Spaceballs and and um, uh, the Robin Hood Men in Tights, and I know he's got the ones Blazing Saddles and History of the World Part One, but I don't think they're that good. I think it's closer to Spaceballs than it is History of the World. Well, the sci-fi aspect of it. it. It's like you saw Time Bandits. I have seen part of it. I haven't seen all of it. So Time Bandits is also an unofficial other Python movie because it's directed by Terry Gilliam, Terry Gilliam and it does right. have the actors. Yeah. It's like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is like the sci-fi version of Time Bandits, whereas Time Bandits is all about history and mythology. This is all about like science and space and aliens. Right. right. So, um, oh, go ahead. No, no Pythons are in Hitchhikers, as far no, as I know. No, and that's why I don't want to say it's a Python movie because it there there are no Pythons in it. Yeah. There is this movie called Charade. Have you heard of it? No. With Audrey Hepburn and Cary Grant. Okay. People who like he Steph is glaring at you. You haven't seen it. To be fair, she just introduced it to me, so I w- I'm not that far behind you. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, but honestly, like I had no idea. You really should see this fucking movie. And the way fans describe it is exactly how I agree with it, and how I would describe this, which is it is the best Hitchcock film he didn't direct. I don't know that I've seen a Hitchcock movie. To be honest with you. You should see some fucking Hitchcock films. Um, yeah, but he makes a lot of like horror stuff that I'm, no, you know, like nah, Psycho. Not and, really. I mean, you don't have birds. to watch the horror ones. You could watch like North by Northwest. Uh, okay. That's a really, really fucking good one. That's the infamous one with the plane and the guy running through the desert, right? Isn't that North by Northwest? A helicopter. Oh, it's a helicopter. I thought it was a plane. Anyway, that's- okay. Well, I'm not gonna split hairs over that. That's not the important part. But it's a plane. Oh, I'm thinking of From Rush With Love, which is also another dude running, and uh, you're right, it was a plane. I on. thought so. Um, thank you, Steph. Yeah, right. he's like, thank you, Steph. Um, so that's how I think of it. Is is It is the best Monty Python movie that they didn't make. Yeah, no, it, it, it's exactly how I would classify it myself. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's an homage to Python. But here's the interesting thing. Because it looks like it was originally written in, what year did I say? 78. So, I mean, Python's, that's right in the same era of Python. The original was, book. The movie was, was made in 05. getting but, a little experimental. What's that? It was when the Brits were getting experimental with their fucking humor. It was, yeah. I mean, there is a very British type of humor. And it could yes. either be very dr- deadpan or it could be completely fucking zany and makes no sense. I'm, I'm not trying to get way off here, but did you ever see Eddie Izzard dressed to kill the stand-up special? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I figured you had since it takes place in San Francisco, but like there's the part where he's talking about British films and it's the guy with the matches, like arranging matches and like that. I always think about that when I think about British comedy. Like, Well, that's fitting because they called Eddie Izzard the, lo- the lost python. Oh, I, I would agree. I, I love Eddie Izzard. I think he's hysterical. I would also clarify that Stephen Fry would also be considered a, a, a lost python. Well, I was Stephen like, Fry narrated this fucking movie. That's you why. You beat me to it. I was just about to say that. Yeah, because he did ends up, narrate, ends up narrating the movie. So let's talk about some of the people in the movie real quick. We got Martin Freeman, 
who fuck this dude has a career like nobody's business. Dude is Eclectic. everywhere. Eclectic. Yeah, but I mean, in a but I mean, like I'm trying to think of the first time I I've really been trying to think about the first time I've actually seen Martin Freeman before. I, you know what I mean? And I, I'm thinking the first time I actually saw him was Hitchhikers. But there's movies from before the Hitchhikers that I've seen that I just didn't... I don't think I put the pieces together. Like Love Actually. Because he's the stand-in for the porn person in or the sex scene. I thought it was 01. I thought we looked that up when we talked about Love Actually. Came out in 2003. Either way. Either way, it's before Hitchhikers. He's also... He's also in Shaun of the Dead, so which I've never seen, but that's. But yes, you're you're absolutely right. What you're trying to say is is that we've seen Martin Freeman movies, we didn't realize it was Martin Freeman. Well, not even that, but I mean, think about where he's at now. Sherlock, he's Watson. You know, he's 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 in the MCU. Yeah, I was getting to that. That was my next thing. Yeah, he's he's um, what's the guy's name? Shit. No. I can't remember right now, but he he's a major player in in um Black Panther. I mean, he was in the his MCU before that. He was in Civil War and I think another one. But yeah, I mean, the point is no, this guy. What's that? Two. I think it was just those two. Just those two. Okay, but either way, the point is he's he's dudes like shit is everywhere. <laughs> you know, like, but I mean that in the best way possible. But he's just everywhere, and. He does a great job in this movie. I I think I think he's in fucking Hobbit. That's right. He shit. I'm sorry. You're right. He's he's a fucking Hobbit. Um. Also, in he was in the TV show of Fargo. That I mean, he's really good in Fargo. I've never seen it, so. Um. No, he he. You're right. He is all over. I mean, Love Actually, 2003. By the way, okay. Hitchhiker's yeah. Guide to the Galaxy. He is in. More prominently in the Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, World's um, End trilogy, okay. he's more prominently in the World's End. I did see um, Hot Fuzz. I don't remember him in it. Not saying I don't believe you, but I just don't, because I don't remember that movie very well, to be honest with you. So that's, yeah. He is also the character in Civil War and Black Panther is Everett K. Ross. Thank you. Um, I'm trying to think of what, see what else he's been in. Um, but you're right. You I mean Sherlock, like we said. It's also I remember him in a there was another British show called Black Books. Okay. Which I think I brought up to you at one point. It, did you ever see or know of Faulty Towers? Yes, I, I and I've seen like an episode. Yeah. So premise is a hotel where shit like Goes run wrong. by the worst fucking yeah. person who could run a hotel. So it's the same premise, but more early 2000s and it's a bookstore okay and and to tie it back together for real quick because we were saying that this is a very python-esque movie faulty towers is a john cleese project so you know if if this bookstore show was similar to faulty towers then you see why he and maybe that's why he got cast for this role as arthur dent because you know it, it might be i just think that british people just know each other that's what i think i think every british yeah. actor and comedian are just like oh because to be fair someone like rowan atkinson would have fit perfectly in hitchhiker's guide to galaxy but he wasn't in it the only the only role i could see him in in that movie though personally is the role that bill Nye plays. i think he could have played that role 
I think he could have done the Malkovich role. Oh, the Hamakavula? Yeah, that's possible. I think you needed somebody more sinister, though, and Malkovich plays that better than Rowan would have. Malkovich is a better sinister actor, but Atkinson does... He does sniveling and evil very well. He does no, not do right. like yeah. dead and black adder kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. So the basic premise of this movie, and, and we're talking about a you know, a fourteen year old movie at this point, so you know, spoilers mm-hmm. are coming. But the basic premise is um Arthur's trying to prevent his house from being demolished by the British government because apparently they want to build a bypass through his property. And it turns out he's got bigger problems because the international whatever of Vogons, which are a alien race, are building a bypass through Earth, an international bypass, and they blow up the fucking planet. And he's saved at the last minute by his friend Ford, played by Mo Staff. Yeah, going back like in time and seeing Mo Staff sort of probably his first movie. I think it was is his first weird. movie, yeah. I'll was weird. Why you say that? Because I don't ever think of most F. Like when I think of, when I've seen most F is mostly him. Like, like I don't even listen to his music. It's good. But I, is it good? <laughs> yeah, he's a good. It's rap, but it's it it's it's um, what's the word? I'm I can't think tonight for some reason, dude. I'm sorry. It it's rap that's not all money and women and drugs. It's like it makes you think or type shit. Sh- more poetic. It's more it's not poetry just, rap. It's not just poetic. You're right. Because he, he used to host a thing called Deaf Poetry Jam by that Russell um, Simmons used to run. But that aside, he it's also thought provoking stuff. Like it's yeah. and it and it's um, uh, brings awareness to problems and stuff. You know, like cultural problems but, and things. He's the Richard Pryor of of rap. Well, I mean, him and Charlie Tuna from Jurassic Five. There's a whole bunch of guys like that. But anyway, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm. So my whole thing was, I only know of most F from like Be Kind Rewind, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and the show Dexter because he Did has a. God. Hmm? Did you see um, Italian Job, the remake with Mark Wahlberg? Yeah, I did. I just never think about that movie. I saw it, and I then I've never. I think oh, I saw I, it twice. I really like that movie, so that's just me. But yeah, he's in that too. I just I remember him that yeah he was like one of the the geeky. Dudes, he was was he the one who was deaf? Yeah, he was. Ironically, yeah, he was he was deaf in one ear, and he was the explosive expert. Got it. He was the Don Cheadle character, basically from Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Okay, <laughs> I don't have a better way to put it. That's not his first movie, though. By the way, what was? Uh, actually, The Hard Way from 1991 was his first movie. Never heard of it. Neither have I, but it looks like it's Michael J. Fox and James Woods as cops. That sounds like an awful pairing. Yeah, I can't imagine it was good. It didn't look like it. Doesn't look like it's good. His his first like real, and I say real in quotes, movie is Island of the Dead. Not was a TV movie. Anyway, I'm sorry. Hold on. Bamboozled. Maybe. These are all movies. See, that's what I'm saying. These are all movies that I've never seen. And Monsters Ball even... is probably the first one you would have seen. Well, I saw Monsters Ball for the first time probably recently, like within the past couple of years. But I'm saying from I, a chronological... Lo- remember chrono- him that. Yeah, he was um, Ryrus Cooper is the character's that, name. That, that's not help me. But from a chronological perspective, that would have been 
you know. Yeah, you you love to give me shit for this, but I don't. See, I think see things out of order. No, I, don't I know. See things no. Well, the, none of these are series, though. When I give you shit about it, it's usually like a series of movies. These are all individual movies, so I'm not going to give... I think the first one I saw was was this movie, actually. I think this is the first time I saw him act was this movie, was Hitchhikers. And, so. and I think one of the first time I saw Hitchhikers was, like, somewhat... Like, my dad dated a woman. She had a daughter who, like... Uh, I won't even go into the details of it, but we were sort of like forced to live with each other. Like, you know, dad and, and his new girlfriend, she had a daughter that I went to school with. And then we're all living together. And she was into a lot of like fantasy and sci-fi shit. So like the first time I saw Lord of the Rings, the fellowship of the ring, she had put it on TV. Okay. And, it, and so I, those, she had introduced stuff to me without saying, hey, I really want you to watch this, she would just put it on, and then I would just kind of sit and be like, all right, what are we watching? And that was Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And I think I was uh, about 14. Uh, yeah, I was a little young, and I, well, no, I guess I was 14. You would have been about 14 weird. based on the year it came out, yeah. But that doesn't make sense, because we had moved away. So maybe I'm, I'm I think she had read the book, or she was talking about it, That's and then possible. I saw the movie somewhere else, but I saw Lord of the Rings with her, I know that for sure, and I didn't understand. I just didn't care. And I didn't understand. It didn't grab me. And I was just confused. Right. And that was my first initial thought process of Hitchhiker. Oh, you know what it was? It was a fucking ex-girlfriend. My, one of my first real ex-girlfriends showed me Hitchhikers. And it was the same type of thing. Just like, I'm putting this on. Like, no, like, explanation. No wonder you blocked it out. <laughs> yeah, it was repressed. Um, <laughs> um... But I, I'm rewatching it recently. I liked it. I can appreciate the humor. It's just not my thing, you know. Yeah, but you like Python, which is why I thought you would like this. I do, and and so I'm trying to clarify. It's like I do like it. It's just not the best movie I've seen. You know what no, I mean? What, it's, it's not. Yeah. No. I, what, I, what I'm trying to. What I'm. If I'm being honest, I'm really just trying to give you as much shit as I can as I'm inching into it because I'm trying to do what you did. To me for Halloween. Yeah, but so, see, that was genuine. I genuinely didn't like it. <laughs> well, I genuinely fucking hate Hitchhiker's Guide of the Galaxy, you fuck stick. You don't, though. You just said you didn't. Fuck you, CJ. You made me fucking watch this fucking movie, <laughs> and I want my fucking money back, and I think that can you I, are the devil, and, and the only bubble? thing that saved it was Stephen Fry's luscious fucking vocal cords. Can I burst your bubble? Steph warned me you were going to do that. Oh, fuck you, Steph. You fucking warned him. <laughs> I'm done. I fucking, you know, this is why we don't fucking rehearse this shit. Because then you fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> um, you su- why would you do that? Karen, why would you do that? that? That ruined the whole fucking joke, Karen. Well, to defend Steph, she thought you weren't going to do it because of something you said to her. So. That I don't what want to I, put on tape. Something, what? Oh, well, f- you know what? You guys aren't allowed to talk to each other anymore. We're not allowed to talk to each other anymore? Okay. Because you're like, me all crypto, like, oh, well, she said something that I'm not going to put on air. Well, what? The, I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Anyway, so. All right. In all honesty, yeah, I like the movie. Good, good. Um, I, 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 if I am really being honest, I did like it a whole lot more because I love Stephen Fry's voice. No, it so, is. Yeah, it, it it did not have Stephen Fry narrating. I would have been less interested. Right, right, right. I mean, admit he was one of the best fucking things of Tim Burton's fucking House of Wonderland remake. That was the Cheshire Cat. I've only seen it once, so I'd have to. I can't. 
All right. Well, again, I say fuck you. Okay. Well, fuck me then. Um, no, but... don't feel like that. <laughs> um. Yeah. So it, they so they go to blow up the planet, and Arthur's all depressed because he met a girl earlier in the week, and. Oh uh, yeah. That's that's one of the things I don't like about the movie. Why? No. Okay. So, but why? Uh, dude, I I've never understood the appeal for Zoe Deschanel. I I love her. I oh, I'm all right. Then, and I'm being I'm not pulling the fucking Halloween fuck you bullshit that you pulled. I I mean I am, but I'm being legitimate. I don't get this fucking obsession with Zoe Deschanel. I wouldn't call it an obsession. That's a strong word. It, it, from the year two thousand and three to two thousand and nine. I Zooey Deschanel plays the same fucking character, which is I want to go to Madagascar. Well, I can't go to Madagascar. Why won't you go to Madagascar with me? You're fucking weird. No, I just I can't like I can't quit my job. I don't want to go to Madagascar. Okay, well, fuck you. I'm going to go off and be with Sam Rockwell, who took me to space. Like she's the quippy fucking girl. They always make her fucking sing. And Hold on, I'm I'm taking shit over here for saying I love Zoe Deschanel, which is ironic because Deb's one of Deb's favorite shows for a while was The New Girl, so I don't even want to hear it. Well, I never watched The New Girl. I'm just you know she plays the same fucking character. Here, here's the thing: you ask about where her appeal comes from. I guarantee you, I know where, but I think it is. I think it's Marianne Syndrome. What? Gilligan's Island. If if they were to make Gilligan's Island now, she would have played Marianne. Which one was Marianne? The, not the movie star, the other one. The girl next door. The one just, that's based on fucking um, Dorothy? Yeah. If they, were mean, to re, if they were to remake Gilgan's Island, which they should never fucking do, but if they were to do it, and it was, you know, 10 years ago, it would have been Zoe Deschanel. I, I agree with that. If it was 10 years ago, it would have been Zoe that's, Deschanel. That's what I'm saying, though, because that's, but this is a time window we're talking about, 2005, because this is when she was, right around the time she was in Almost Famous, she was, Elf. you know, what's that? Elf. I, I didn't see Elf, so, because, you know, I don't like Will Ferrell. I think you saw Will. I think you saw Elf. Mm-mm. It's a Will Ferrell movie. I won't see it. Um, <laughs> don't look at me like that. Um, but she was in this. She was in in that. She. I think that's when New Girl started. I think that's the year it because it was on for like ten years. Well, she was also in Yes Man. Okay. Yep. You're right. She's in that. I mean, she's in. A, you know. So it, I. I think. I think that's where that appeal comes from. I think she's got that Marianne kind of feel appeal. Well, I guess I didn't watch enough fucking Gilligan's Island because I did not. I don't have that appeal for, at all. I guess I would have probably gone for the fucking the millionaire or his wife or the skipper too. <laughs> anyway, um, you're you striking me as more of a Mister Howell kind of person. Um, so in any event, <laughs> so you just he- you just brought me back to fucking a uh, line in America, uh, American Pie too. Okay. Jason Biggs is getting an erection, and she and Allison Hannigan says, Gilligan's Isle and Mr. Howe. He's like, oh, why? It's like, <laughs> it's such a most random fucking thing to blurt at him. But it's him yeah, getting I an can... erection. He's like, I haven't even touched you yet. You're, you're, you're getting all, you know, all hot and bothered. I'm like, why would you, f- whatever? You know, I got to tell you, you, I didn't like her very much in those movies, but I loved her in, in How I Met Your Mother. 
I love her most in Buffy. I yeah, see, I never watched it. So anyway, you got back Buffy. back to Hitchhikers. Um, so he's pining over this girl who ends up going leaving the party he meets her at with another guy, who you later find out is the president of the galaxy, Zaphoid Beeblebrox, pay, played by um, Sam Rockwell. The head, yeah, the head thug from Turn- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Head thug from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But, I mean, that's another guy who's been everywhere. Sam Rockwell's had, if not better, on par. Now, better, obviously, because he's got some Oscars, but I'm talking about just being everywhere on par with Martin Freeman. Like, he's just been everywhere. And he chooses roles, like, because he's a, he kind of chooses his roles like Christopher Walken. Like okay. he's sort of like our the new generation's Christopher Walken, if I'm being honest. Okay. Where he kind of is creepy, but he also you're kind of you find him endearing. Like yeah, but I mean, like going back to my point with Martin Freeman, where I said I'm trying to remember where I saw him first. I saw Sam Rockwell before I realized I was seeing Sam Rockwell because I saw Gla- Galaxy Quest long before I saw this movie. And I he's think in that's Galaxy where I, I I think for me it was Charlie's Angels. See, I didn't see Charlie's Angels, so I can't. Yeah. Yeah, I saw he was he was in Charlie's Angels, and then but Galaxy Quest for sure, which also starred fucking Alan Rickman, who was in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Right, the the manically depressed robot, which is one of my favorite characters in the movie. I what, mean, what's his name? Marv. Marvin. Marvin. Yeah. Uh, don't worry, I, I don't particularly like it like that. Uh, it's just so defi- it's, it's I would imagine if my depression had a voice, it would be that fucking voice. <laughs> yeah, I I would I think I'd want my depression to be that voice. I w- you know I had this this stand up bit that I sort of pseudo wrote, which was I think ailments and should have celebrity voices to get you through it. So like lung cancer would sound like Seth Rogen. <laughs> Yeah, probably would though. You're right. And, and like a tumor would sound like Jack Nicholson. Like, well, well, well. So you think you're gonna get through this? I'm not gonna kill you. I'm just gonna bash your fucking heads in. And I think fucking um, Alan Rickman would sound like depression. Just, I think you're probably right. I'm trying to find. You're gonna get through this. It's not gonna happen. And I'm trying to find who is because I remember reading this. I'm trying to find what's that. The guy who plays the body of Marv? Yeah. M- Warwick Davis. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. So Warwick Davis, for those who don't know, is, because you brought this up earlier, is the leprechaun from the movie Leprechaun. Oh, is he? That's, see, I didn't do that on purpose. So that's kind of funny. And off camera, we were talking about, like, hey, maybe we'll do a St. Patty's fucking uh, episode. He's like, maybe we should do Leprechaun. So he plays Leprechaun, and he also is Wicked. In, uh, in Return of the Jedi. He's the first Ewok you see. And he's fucking Willow from the movie Willow. Right. I knew that. And I thought he was in Star Wars. Wasn't he? Yeah. I'm sorry. You said that, didn't you? He, he he's in-, in multiple Star Wars movies. He's, yeah. uh, he played, he was in uh, uh, Return of the Jedi, but he was also, he's now been like thrown in every single Star Wars movie that's come out, like the prequels and then the sequel ones. Um, so he was in Phantom Menace as uh one of Watto's fucking dudes like you clearly fucking see him yeah you know the dude who owns everything like hey what the fuck yeah that yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. dude i remember he Watto. like when like the pod race ends or like or anakin wins and Watto loses his money he turns and looks and fucking warwick davis is human not dressed up in anything um and he looks like he lost a lot of money 
<laughs> he also he was the he was the body double for Yoda actually. Where they before they redid Yoda, they had him sort of dress up as Yoda and walk around. So that was the guide for An- for Obi Wan and Anakin to like look and follow for instead of having a puppet do it. Now back to the point you made earlier, his uh, going back to Sam Rockwell, his first movie is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember seeing that one as a kid, so it's very likely that the first exposure I had to Sam Rockwell was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I would agree, it probably was mine too, but you don't, I didn't know that, do you know what I mean? So the first time I remember recognizing, the first, we'll put it this way, the way I remember actors in general is like when I see them and go, oh, I remember that guy from whatever, that's how I reckon my first recollection. My first recollection is when I saw him in Iron Man 2. And I'm like, oh, that's the dude from Hitchhikers. And then I realized or that's later. Galaxy Quest or whatever, yeah. Right, but I didn't even realize it was him in Galaxy Quest till after that fact, after I had that connection, and then watched Galaxy Quest. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Wait a minute. I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah, yeah wait, here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years, because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Question one, oh crap, that's, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, and I think the same thing, where it was, for me, like, when I saw Iron Man 2, I'm like, holy shit, that's Sam Rockwell. I already, to be fair, I knew Sam Rockwell was going to be in it before I saw the movie. Right, but you would you would know those things, and I don't mean that in a negative way. But you—that's the kind of stuff you would know in advance. I'm the type of person who would be reading like tri- like trivia on IMDb before I go to bed every night. Right. right. So, um, why are we <laughs> talking about this movie tonight, though? And like I said, the all answered—they go to seek Zephod, Sam Rockwell's character, wants to solve the. Quite the answer to the ultimate question because the answer created by deep thought the computer that took 9 million years to come up with the answer was 42 mm-hmm. and this is our 42nd episode and so the plot of the movie is Zaphod trying to go and get the answer so he can be infamous because his his logic is that if he's you know while he's president that's only going to last so long if you can get the ultimate question that is 42, then he's going to be infamous. Right. It's, it's essentially the biggest campaign stunt ever. Well, the campaign stunt, more from Hama, is the don't vote for stupid, which was his campaign against Zaphod. Right. But Zaphod kidnaps himself and steals the Heart of Gold spaceship, which has my... Look, I... I love hyperspace, except for when they used it as a weapon in Last Jedi. But um, I think it's called light speed you or light speed. Right. There, yeah, there is light speed. It's hyperspace in this movie, and they also have the infinite improbability drive, mm-hmm. which leads to one of the, my favorite scenes in the movie when when Ford and Arthur get rescued from the Vogons, and they end up in the ship, and he goes. I feel like a sofa because they are sofas when they right. land in the ship. Um, and he's just like, I know how you feel. 
Like it's the comedy through the whole thing is like you said very British. It's it's very dry humor. Mm-hmm. And I've lost Rico completely. No, I'm trying to uh, because I know why it's called Forty Two. Why did why, why the they chose Forty Two? Yeah. Okay, I've never heard that explanation, so I'm curious. Go ahead. Really? Yeah. So, um, I'm just going to read answer, what it. We can't answer 37, to... so maybe we can at least answer 42. <laughs> right. Um, 42 also was a, a usage of Lewis Carroll, the guy who wrote Alice in Wonderland. Okay. Um, but I'm trying to find. Okay, so the number 42 is in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams, the answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything. Calculated by an enormous supercomputer named Deep Thought over a period of 7.5 million years. Okay, I was... Unfortunately, no one knows what the question is. Thus, to calculate the ultimate question, a special computer the size of a small planet was built from organic components and named Earth. Yep. The ultimate ultimate question, what do you get when you multiply 6 by 9, was found by Arthur Dent and Ford... Six by nine in the six by nine. Well, then it's wrong because six by nine is fifty four. It should be seven. Are you looking at Wikipedia? I'm looking at Wikipedia. Yeah, then they've uh, got it wrong. It should be seven. Blah 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 blah. The fact that the Adam's series. Yeah, the fourth book in the series, the novel so long it thinks for all the fish, contains forty two chapters. By the way, when they say when the whole deep thought thing happens, and they say the answer forty two. That's forty two minutes into the movie. Oh, is it really? I don't think I noticed that. Yeah. Um, trying to find because I I read this like Stephen Fry, um, explained this because Stephen Fry and Doug Adams were very good friends, and Douglas Adams told Stephen Fry why it was called Forty Two, and then he just said it was so perfect, and I'll never reveal why. But there are theories of why, and basically, it's computer code. Okay. By the because way, I noticed computer. here it looks like Douglas Adams passed away before the movie came out. He was on, he was on set every day, so that's why it's still his baby because he was able to prove everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he did he did pass away. Um, and not to go from a somber moment to something completely silly, but I think you'll appreciate this. Sam Rockwell, you ever hear the TV series Drunk History? Yeah. Apparently, Sam Rockwell plays Bugsy Siegel in an episode of that. I thought you would appreciate that. You basically did a Monty Python reference was and now for something completely different. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, okay, so let me just try and find the actual answer. So this is what Adam said. The answer to this is very simple, Adam said. It was a joke. It had to be a number, an ordinary smallish number, and I chose that one. Binary representations, base 13, Tibetan monks are all complete nonsense. I sat on my desk, stared into the garden, and thought 42 will do. I typed it out. End of story. Uh, Meanwhile, millions of hitchhikers fans to this day persist in trying to decipher what they imagine were Adam's secret motivations. Here are 42 things to fuel their fascination with the number 42. Well, I'm not going to read all that shit. But here's some interesting things that have to do with 42. Queen Victoria's husband, Prince Albert, died at age 42. They had 42 grandchildren, and their great-grandson, Edward VIII, abdicated at the age of 42. So there's um, uh, the Doctor Who episode entitled 42 lasts for 42 minutes. I think I've heard that one before. Yeah. Titanic was traveling at a speed equivalent to 42 miles an hour when it collided with an iceberg. 
Okay, that one seems a little far fetched, but okay. This is I mean, essentially the number twenty three. Is, is or thirty seven. It's it's thirty seven. It is. It it's, really is. Sorry. Like it's yeah. Elvis died at the age of forty two. Toy Story character Buzz Lightyear's spaceship is named forty two. Like, um, I wonder. I wonder if it kind of goes with what Marilyn was saying about thirty seven. It just sounds good, like like audibly, you know. But this this is more closer to the number the movie the number twenty three, where it's like you find it everywhere. It's just a happier version, whereas the number twenty three is the number of the devil. Right, right, so, right. Um, forty two is the favorite number of Doctor House, the American television character Doctor played by Hugh Laurie. Is it really? I don't think I've ever noticed that. And I lo- I love House. I watch that show all the time. Either that or all this is just bullshit. The band Level 42 chose their name in recognition. Look, I, there was like a whole explanation for this. And that's what's really pissing me off. It's because it. it translates to binary code. And it just says basically uh, it is whatever life is whatever you want to be is really what the answer is. Well, there you go. Then it's 42. Do you Which know who makes, voiced the Deep Thought computer? I do, and then I forgot. Was it Helen Mirren? It is Helen Mirren. Yep. Yeah. She sounds so deliciously bored as a computer. Well, that's the idea. But yeah, I, yeah, I loved it. Um, who Are we forgetting anybody else in the movie? Richard Griffith plays Jeltz, but I don't know who Jeltz is. I He's the, the head Volgon or whatever the fuck. Oh, is that his name? Okay. Yeah. I never caught his name. Fucking... Um, Vernon Dursley is fucking the head. I mean, they even kind of look alike. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, actually. Yeah. yeah. You got Malkovich, uh, which we talked about a little bit as Humakavola. Uh, John Malkovich has the best diction of anybody ever. Yeah. He, Except he, when he says his name. That's the only time where he doesn't have the best diction because he says John Malkovich. Or when he's doing a really bad Russian accent. Oh, uh, Rounders? Because, I mean, I love that movie, and I love that character, so I'm not even saying anything shitty about John Malkovich, but let's be real, that accent is that, terrible. That was a very bad accent. Like, he's like, do you want the cookie? <laughs> Pay that man his money. You know, like, I... Give this man his money. I almost think that it was on purpose, that it was that over-the-top and bad. Like I, he I really gave did. us Borat before we got Borat. Oh yeah, and, and personally better, in my opinion. But yeah, um, and then and then of course the the I guess you would call it a cameo of Slardy Bartfast, which is oh Bill Nye, Bill Nye, yeah. I, I the the building of planets, you know, always like doing the coast. Norway. What's that? Made Norway. Made Norway. He won an award for it, if you recall. Yeah. So. Uh, won an award for. I can't do a naive. No, he's got an interesting accent. He really, really does. Really hard, because he he kind of mumbles. A little bit. Like, oh, yes, and Bill Nye. Like it's hard to really. You need to work it, on that one. I think. I can only do his fucking hands because he's got that condition where his yeah, ring finger and his pinky uh, close up together. Yeah. I'm the one to pointed that out to you, if I recall. No, you didn't. I knew yeah, that I forever. All right. Yeah. I knew, I've known that forever. They even sure. did that in fucking when he played uh, Davy Jones. Well, they say, that's why, they say that's why they gave him the lobster claw for the one hand because of that. 
Yeah, but then there's that part where he it shows his human yeah. version yeah, yeah, of himself. Yeah. And he's still, yeah. He's still, he's just, he always looks like he is in Dracula pose. <laughs> yeah. Look into my eyes. Love. <laughs> so, you know, look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's one of the best movies ever made because it's not. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to, you know, but it, it, what it is, is for someone who loves Python like I do, because I do, I love Monty Python movies and, and likes Mel Brooks movies because I enjoy them as well. You know, you, you get a little bit of that because the last Mel, when was, I have to look it up, but when was the last Mel Brooks Dracula movie? Dead, Dracula Dead Loving It. Okay. That was his last movie he directed. He had been, he was in a, an Italian film called um, Screw Loose. That, I think okay. that was like one of the last movies. He was also in the movie Robots with that. Remember that movie Robots with like Robin Williams and Ewan McGregor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Mel Brooks was also in Hotel Transylvania, like one of them. He was in the second no, one. No, I'm talking his. about one of his movies, one of his parody movies. His, his last official movie that he directed was Dracula Dead Loving It in like 94 or 5. 5 is according to this, but I think you're wrong. I'm just checking something. I mean, unless he directed the musical piece of shit version of the producers, that no, I'm pretty possible. I, I thought Men in Tights came out after that, and I was wrong. So that's where, okay. Um... I know so I, Mel Brooks, motherfucker. All right, you know. Yeah, see, the last one I would have credited him with, I'd never even heard of the Dracula Dead loving it. The last one I heard about was Men in Tights. So, which I'm honestly not a big fan of. Like, I think it's okay. I don't think it's his best work by any means. No, it's not his best work. It's funny, but it's not his best. I, I love parts of that movie, but it's not the best. Part. I mean, Dr- same with Dracula. Dracula Dead loving it, because I think the two most movies that I saw in Mel Brooks were Dracula and Robin Hood men frequently. And then when yeah. I, as I got older, I was like, Oh, space balls. And Oh, fucking history of the world part one. And yeah. You know, yeah. I've never seen blazing saddles, believe it or not, but I have seen, You've never seen blazing saddles. No, I haven't. Um, and I've, I've Stra- heard similar. T- and I know it's not, I know what you're, what I'm going to compare this to is not a comedy, but it's similar to black Klansman. It's a hard set because of, the content. So, you know. Yeah, it is. You, you, but they, um, the weird thing is, is Blazing Saddles actually makes it okay. It makes it right. funny to use the word. And, and, I mean, look, Richard Pryor helped write Blazing Saddles. Yes, it's got to give it kinda, some fucking ability. It kind of justifies it a little bit because of that. I've, I've heard that and I agree. So. And I, I'm not going to say the line, but there is a part where they use the N-word in a comedic way where like anybody can laugh. Right. And the premise is, without giving the whole movie, is there's a black guy who is going to become a sheriff for a town, right? Yeah. So the town doesn't know that their new sheriff is going to be black. So it shows there's a guy on a watchtower who's looking for the sheriff. He's like, and he speaks in a very, like, kind of, Hard talk kind of a voice like this and blah, 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 like real guttural mumbles and Western just yeah. jargon. And he's he's looking at it, he's like, the sheriff's coming. And like the, the town gets ready, starts playing a band. And they start at the same time, the there's a um uh, a clock tower that's signifying that it's something o'clock. So it goes bang, bang. And so he's running, coming in on horseback. He's like, hey, 
the sheriff is a bong because it cuts out the the n word. Right, 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 right. And okay. What did he say? He said the sheriff's near. Oh, no, God damn it. That's not what I said. <laughs> I said the sheriff is a bong. Right, right. Okay, so, so it's... That, it, that's what I'm saying, where it's yeah, not yeah. as in your face as Black Clans when you're like, oh, my God, I need a break. <laughs> right, but I, I, I've just, I've heard it's a hard hit, you know, at this time in life. But I, I get what you're saying, so I'll have to give it a chance. But I, you know, Spaceballs, you know... Gives you some lines that are fantastic. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. Like how? What's your name, Major Asshole? How many assholes are on this ship? You and like oh. <laughs> thirty people turn around. Like it's you know, you know, and 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 I think the most infamous. I did. Sir, he's my cousin. Yeah, and I think the most infamous line ever from that movie is, "When will then be now? Soon." You know, like that's. I would argue it's probably use the Schwartz. Well, okay, yeah, but I, I, I love it. Was like yogurt, you hoi to me? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I mean, they went plaid, you know. <laughs> um, like, and see, we're we're way off hitchhikers, but the point is, like, it to me, and I'm not ranking things. I'm not asking us to do that tonight. It fits in with these movies, with Monty Python and Holy Girl, with the life of Brian, and you with know, Spaceballs. It, with right. That's what I'm saying. That's why I started with you know. But I would also argue that Spaceballs has more, and even Monty Python has more memorable lines than Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, I I can't disagree with that. Absolutely, but but the spirit is there. Do you know what I mean? The the feels are there. <laughs> The essence is yeah. there. No, you're absolutely right. They're, the lines, the I I don't even know if I can think of a memorable line from, you know, I think the most memorable line from that movie, meaning Hitchhikers, for me is is probably the the forty two when when she's answering the question, the computer, when they finally go to get the answer seven and a half million years later, and it's forty two. My favorite scene, I think, is the sperm whale. Coming to terms yeah. with its life as it's falling to its death, but that is Monty Python incarnate is exactly what that scene is, which is yeah. a sperm whale falling and being like, "Whoa, who am I? What is this? Oh, is this? Oh, is, is that? Is that? I think I'm gonna call that Earth. Hi, Earth. I'm gonna will you be my friend. Brown. <laughs> yeah. Then at the same time, and then the the last line from that scene is when a when the narrator Stephen Fry says. Ironically, the last thing that went through the Petunia's, the bowl of Petunia's mind was, oh, no, not again. So, you know, <laughs> like, it, it, you just, you get those moments, and I remember it because I just watched it last night, but, but comparatively to Major Asshole and when will soon be, when will then be now soon, you're right. You don't have those moments. I will tell you this. I think more than any other movie I've seen him in, this lets Sam Rockwell flex his chops, man, because he's all over the fucking place. He is definitely like watching him. I'm like, he is the Mick Jagger of this movie. He <laughs> kind of just struts around and is all over the place. It's like, uh, he, he kind of, but I mean, he, he's all over the place, but he also comes off infuriatingly annoying in this movie. Not to me. I find it For funny. Me. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Because he is as outlet. He is everything that Martin Freeman's character is. Uh, or is not Sam Rockwell is right. 
But see, that's what made that's the difference. Like to me, as much as he's the protagonist of the movie, I think Arthur Dent's the most annoying because it's like grow some balls, man. Which I think is the point in the movie. Uh, but he, she, I mean, the way she said it was grow a backbone. Well, yeah, same thing though. You know, but uh, yeah, I mean, you have your moments, like when they're on Vogon trying to rescue her, and if you have a thought, you get smacked in the face by the whatever that was, the tentacles. Jump. You know, and then the crabs that can't seem to catch a break. They always end up getting crushed somehow. Yeah, you know. So, I think I think my favorite is when they're drinking the most exquisite fucking <laughs> drink. Yeah, I on forget Earth. what it's called. And they drink it, and it, and they said it's just like having a lemon peel wrapped around your head or your brain, and they just drink it. And they go, ah! No, it's it's a lemon peel. It's being bashed in the head by a golden brick wrapped around with a lemon peel wrapped around it. Something like that is what it is. Yeah. It just says, like, oh, we're just going to bludgeon your brain with a fucking exquisiteness. <laughs> and if you notice, there's, like, this much beverage. You can see my fingers. There's, like, this much beverage in the cup. It's the less glass. than a shot. It's yeah, like a it's, thimble shot. It's Yeah, really, you know. But then you get the little nice homages, like the toaster, uh, the knives that are fucking little lightsabers that toast the bread as you slice it, and it really makes the sounds, you know. That's the scene that sticks out for me when I first saw it. That was what stuck out for me was the little mini butter knife lightsaber thing. Why is that? Just because of the Star Wars reference, or I don't know. It just yeah, probably it just stuck with me. But I'm also thinking that would have been that's that's exactly what I want. I want to make toast as I cut bread. Yeah, I want to have it be toast at the same time. But here's the thing: what if you want to cut the bread and you don't want toast? That's my only argument against that. You turn it off and you use a better use a, just a fucking knife. Well, it didn't look like they had any regular knives. It looked like all they had were those. So I'm just saying. You get your shit together, CJ. I mean, fuck. All right. Or you just use your hands and rip it apart like a fucking animal. Fair enough. I don't know why they just don't have sliced bread in the fucking galaxy. You've got all this other technology. But... They, they do have sliced bread. They just have another way of making sliced toast. Uh-huh. All right. Um... And of course, they can do everything else. Then you also have to have the most powerful weapon in the plant in the universe. Of course, that's important too. Which one was that? A towel. You always a who? have to have, yeah, a towel. You always have to have your towel. Yeah, I didn't understand that. I I I think it's just a thing. I think it's like the coconuts, or I think you know, Douglas Adams. I think Douglas Adams was on acid. That's what I think. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe. I but, think Douglas Adams was the closest thing to Lewis Carroll. That we he was like our generation's uh, the next generation's Lewis Carroll. Yeah, maybe. So, anyway, I just wanted to give some love to the movie. I know it's not, uh, a, you know, a, a grand epic, you know, um, but it. I felt like with the forty second episode and then me and me being a fan and us being fan of the style of movie, you know, even if this wasn't, even if this isn't at the top of your particular list, it's still, you know. Well, we talked more about Captain Marvel than we did Hitchhiker's Guide, Guide to the Galaxy, and I feel bad for that, but we should probably just title this Hitchhiker's Guide to Captain Marvel. <laughs> That's certainly a possible title, but we'll have to see. I don't know. Anyway, I um, I, I had a feeling this one was going to go off the rails quick, but I wanted to at least show the movie some love and use, use it on number 42. So thank you for indulging me, Rico. I appreciate it. Halloween's still better. Not in a million years. <laughs> yes it is no not mm-hmm. in a million years I would watch a sequel to Hitchhikers before I watch that movie again you bitch <laughs> anyway um, it's kind of good to get back to you and me though 
because the last we've the last several episodes. I mean, I thank you to all the guests we've had between Mike and Chris and and all the people to join us on the Oscars. But it's it's good to get back to just you and me and stupidness for a little bit. Yeah, just having our normal fucking uh, partnership instead of a menage a trois. <laughs> yeah, right. So. Um, that said, we do have an announcement that I think we can finally talk about. I think we can finally safely talk about that we have we are going to play a game. We're going to play a game called Cinema Wars and details will come out as we get closer, but we are we are weeks away um from this ish month, weeks, somewhere in that ballpark. But we have a date. I'm not just making that up. We actually have a date. I just have no concept of time right now. Um, but we are, we are going to play a game and it, we're pitting Potaskew represented by Rico and Joe against the Daves, basically, um, represented by Chris and Octopus Caveman. The audience doesn't know who Joe is, so we have to. Yeah. Why don't you, well, I was getting to that. You didn't let me get there. So well, hurry up. <laughs> Kid, one, Joe is a friend of yours, so why don't you give the audience a little bit of background on who this guy is and why Joe, he's representing the show instead of me. I mean, you basically said Joe is just a friend of mine. Like, I've known Joe since... <laughs> why did you make a big fucking deal? You know what? Fuck you. God damn it. Joe is... Joe, I've known since I was about 13, 14 years old. Um, he's just been one of my other long friends, um... He moved to L.A. recently um, with like the past couple of years, year. And but he and I grew up basically with each other. Like we didn't we didn't go to the same school. We didn't we didn't learn. We didn't fucking live with each other. We um, but we saw each other almost every day and um, got to fuel our fucking geekiness and interests and have each other's back. So it, I've been wanting him to be on the podcast for a while, and we will have him for something else as well as the game. So, we, you know, we uh, he and uh, CJ got to meet each other on Skype, and that was an interesting conversation. Yeah, he, yeah it was. He's a cool dude, though. I like him. Um, yeah. For for those who won't be able to see him because we don't put video up, he looks like Ronnie James Dio, which I think is kind of awesome. He looks more like if you took Salacious B. Crumb and Anakin Skywalker and made them together. I could see a little bit of that too. Yeah. Oh, dude. Michael found a photo of because Joe was a um, was for a long time an avid uh, bike rider and actually like competed in bike races. Oh, really? That's kind of neat. Yeah, I didn't know that. Cyclists. Yeah. Um, I mean, Joe. When I when I you met know, him, Joe was the peanut gallery over there today has been very active. I'm just saying. What? The peanut gallery over there today has been very, very active. What are you talking about? Stephanie, the peanut gallery. Peanut gallery? Why are you calling her the peanut gallery? I don't you, get it. You've never heard of that expression? We don't need comments from the peanut gallery? No. Oh, okay. Well, then that's why that was lost on you. Anyway. Uh, that's uh, that's something that you old fucking people know, okay? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I met Joe, he was vegan. And like kind of sheltered and uh, just in his own, like, he, you know, he was right. Ra- I mean, I love his parents, but they, they, they kind of just gave him part of the truth in certain, in my opinion. Um, okay. Like, like, well, his, you, I, love his, I love his mom. His... She was basically like told him like, 
cheese will kill you if you eat it. Oh, okay. I thought you were like airing dirty laundry. I was like, do you want to air this stuff? I, I was no, just no, no. I would never say anything. But he, it was just sort of a thing where he and I, when I first met him, he was just this vegan. So he was the friend that I, like, I couldn't go out and eat anything with. We always had to go to restaurants that accommodated him. Right. Um, or his mom, you know, but it was, it is the stereotypical classic thing where we would go out to dinner and his mom would explain to the waiter what a vegan was in the middle of Berkeley where fucking Berkeley is full of vegans. Like, I'm a vegan. Do you know what a vegan is? Let me explain for 20 fucking minutes what a vegan is. We're like, God damn it. Just order rice. <laughs> oh, like I want to fucking eat. Right. right. Um, and then Joe, like the, Joe and I discovered the best way to eat together was Jack of the box because the, tacos uh for jack of the box are actually not it's not actually beef it's okay. like soy based beef product oh really i don't think i knew that i don't know if anyone knows that well yeah but once once we discovered that every time we would get something together at like jack of the box he would get like 10 to 20 tacos well because they're small if i remember they're only like that big they're not very big they're not- they're about the size of, uh, of that. They're they're normal size tacos, like Taco Bell tacos. Really? I felt like they were smaller. Anyway. No. They're, Speaking they're of Taco not, Bell, do, do you know they put hard. cocoa powder in their taco meat? Oh, they go like oh, Cincinnati fucking chili style? I, I guess. I don't know. But I know a guy who is like deathly allergic to chocolate and his... He ate, every time he ate Taco Bell, he would get like a scratchy throat. Like it wasn't enough to hurt him, but he would get a scratchy throat. Really? And that's how we found out that. Oh yeah, real quick, not getting way off, but um, you know, I live near Hershey, Pennsylvania, which is where Hershey candy bars come from. Uh, yeah. So they have a whole park out there, Hershey Park. That's like the it's it's also where the factory is, where the candy's actually made. But then there's also like roller coasters and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. Oh, dude! It's really? a, yeah, it's a massive fucking tourist attraction out here. I'm not even joking. Like, it's it's there's a theme park based on Hershey chocolate. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a whole dude. Uh, my diabetes is my um, my diabetes is rising. Well, anyway, the point is, there's so much chocolate in the air at that place that he went there with his kids, and they had to leave because he was having trouble breathing. The chocolate basically gave him an asthma attack. No, it was he was actually closing up. Like he had to oh, leave. Shit. That's how. Well, that's also how deathly allergic he is to chocolate. But that's another. For our listeners, if you're allergic to chocolate, for one, don't go to Pennsylvania. <laughs> Two, we'll fucking eat the tacos from Jack in the Box because they Taco use Bell. cocoa apparently. Taco Bell. Oh, Taco. We're talking about Jack in the Box. You're talking no, about Taco Bell. But because you brought up Taco Bell, so I said Taco Bell. They put chocolate in their in their meat at Taco Bell. Oh. That's just. I thought you. I thought you were talking about Jack in the Box. Oh, mm, whatever. Taco Bell. So, if you're allergic to chocolate, just avoid tacos. Or no, j- no. He found out if he eats the steak or the chicken, he's fine. So he, he goes to, when he goes to Taco Bell. But, now he orders uh, the steak. That's like a Midwest thing because Maxwell is from the Midwest, and he when he makes his chili, he puts chocolate in it. Oh, really? Yeah, it, that's okay. like a Ohio. I mean, I've heard like it's called Cincinnati chili is like, they use like chocolate sauce in, but it doesn't taste like chocolate. It's just cocoa powder. It just gives you that sweet. That, that That's not even sweet. It's just, it just gives you like, mm, what is this flavor? Yeah. And you're like constantly questioning. It's like when people throw in fucking nutmeg in like Italian food, which well, is fucking I, not something you should do. Dude, we've gone so far off the rails, but real quick, I'll tell you the reason I was told that they do that with Taco Bell is it's almost like MSG. It's meant to make you want it more. 
Something oh, about course. it. Yeah, that's the basic concept of why they well, do it with the Taco Bell meat. I I know of of people that when they like like old school Italian Americans when they make their Sunday gravy, this was basically what they think it's called. When they make their tomato sauce, thank you. They will put sugar. Oh yeah, I know people that do that. Sure. I don't really do that because it. it I mean, I have done that. I mean, is is that psychological thing? I do it for, to add more flavor, but really, I'd rather add like a little bit of wine because you get the same. You get sugar in the wine. Well, we'll talk off air, but uh, my my mom, who's also Italian, has a trick for her sauce that I'd be curious to see what you think of. But we won't bore our listeners with it. Anyway, um, what do you mean bore our fucking listeners? We made just as much fucking sense as Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> we were all over the fucking planet. We we, we talked about all over the galaxy. We, what are you talking about? We talked about fucking veganism with Joe. We talked about fucking yeah, uh, so Teen Titans. Let me tie that back real quick. So we're going to play this game where it's going to be Potaskew versus the Daves. And it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to, to doing that game. It'll be curious to see how it goes. And I didn't tell you, but Joe actually responded to the text message. So he actually gave me his answers already. All right. Well, you guys will have to coordinate and see if you agree. Because mm-hmm. you guys have to agree. This is a team game. So you guys are going to have to agree. I am already kind of disagreeing, but I have to reread the fucking questions before I look at the answers. That's between you and Joe. I'm already like, oh, God damn it, Joe. Um, all right. Well, for everyone that sat through this, thank you. Um, we do appreciate it. Um, thank you for humoring me because this is really all my fault, this particular episode. So I will thank you personally. And I will end it for, I will no. say, uh, well, you're welcome. Oh, well, thank you. Um, And if you need a ride, just make sure you remember to stick out your thumb. So long, and thanks for the fish. Hiya, everyone. Stephanie here with a few thank yous and FYIs on how you can get in touch with and follow Podeskew. Oh, yeah, and the guys. Let's start with a huge shout-out thanks to Dubbed in English for the opening theme music, 96 Reasons. If you're trying to find them online, they've dropped off the face of the earth. <laughs> Just kidding. But no, really, their music is offline now. So send an email request to podeskew at gmail.com or CJ's Twitter handle at M underscore blade. And he'll throw you a copy of the full song and or the whole EP plan nine. Also, let's give a big thanks to Samuel Lemons for our closing music theme askew. I encourage you to discover more of Samuel's masterfully manipulated rhythms on SoundCloud at www.soundcloud.com slash Samuel dash lemons. I don't know how you're listening to this now, but you can find other Podeskew episodes in several places, starting with iTunes and Stitcher, where a quick high star rating from you goes a long way in helping us hit the top of the charts. Or you may prefer Google Play Music. Don't want to be strapped down by an app? Then find us on podcast search engine, Listen Notes. Type in P-O-D-A-S-K-E-W, yes, that's all one word, into any of the aforementioned searches, and Podeskew will pop right up on whatever screen you're using. And of course, there's our founding site that started it all, Podcast Garden, at www.podcastgarden.com slash podcast slash Podeskew. By the by, if you're looking to host your own show, Podcast Garden is the ideal place for all your podcast hosting needs at a very affordable price. Now, if you want to agree with or yell at the guys directly, follow them and the show on Twitter. For the show, at PodAskew. For Rico, at RantsRico. And again, CJ is at M underscore Blade. Finally, let's not forget our biggest thank you is to you, 
for listening, subscribing, rating on iTunes and Stitcher, and promoting our show by being our fans. CJ and Rico truly appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another episode soon. Ford? Yes. I think I'm a sofa. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with Geico, we hired a nature show host. In the native habitat of a suburban driveway, the poor victim of a broken windshield is left assessing his vehicle utterly helpless. Well, not true. If he's got Geico, he can file a claim online, over the phone, or with his handy mobile app. But like a lone gazelle, he'll suddenly be left to fend for himself, awaiting his terrible fate. Nope. Geico will assign him a designated claims team to help him out, too. So the gazelle gets his car fixed and everything. Wow. Nature is so cool. Geico. Great service. Without all the drama.